since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday. We're coming to you live from our studio here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, Tom Peavy. Ryan Lavoy and our good friend Luke Flurry. He's interning with us here this semester from Auburn High School. Good to get Luke on the air with us for the program today, talking about a lot of things happening in the sports world. Auburn A Day took place over the weekend. Auburn baseball, a big time series win over Vanderbilt. Tough going for the Auburn Tigers in Arkansas. That's where I was over the past few days. And want to say thank you again to this tremendous sports call staff for holding down the fort in my absence at the tail end of last. Last week, traveling with the team. The Masters is over and done with. Congratulations to Scotty Scheffler for picking up the victory. Uh, The baseball season is off and rolling. The NBA season has officially finalized because we're now getting set for the playoffs this week. We've got a NASCAR race at Martinsville that took place over the weekend. I mean, there are so many things that happen in the sports world. And we're going to discuss a lot of it on today's show. We've got Best and Worst of the Weekend coming up a little bit later. Later this week, we are officially premiering our grand 2022 sports movie bracket. We put together the results over three years ago, and we're finally bringing it to life here this week because you thought March Madness was enough. It is not. We've got things to talk about here in the month of April, and we'll give you a little bit more on that later in the program. As always, we ask that you please take time and fill out the sports call survey here in 2022 we still need more feedback still haven't heard from enough of you we still need folks to take time to go to our social media pages and fill out the sports call survey for 2022 and give us input on this very show again jj jackson in the host chair today alongside tom Peavy, luke flurry and ryan lavoy let's start with mr Peavy. how are you sir and how was your weekend i'm doing great weekend was good uh yeah i'm a little sad because it's no longer master's week so yeah i spent most of my weekend glued to the tv watching that and uh i it was a it was a fun it was a fun tournament i scheffler kind of ran away with it uh i mean it got a little interesting there on thursday or on thursday on sunday but uh i just he, he was just too much for the field to catch up to so uh sad to see that's over with for you know until next year but uh it was fun to watch uh really impressed with auburn baseball to to get that series win over vanderbilt kind of wish they'd figure out something on saturdays it seems like their saturday games here lately have been a struggle they're they're doing fine on friday and sunday but saturdays are or what it is but you're still getting that win Sonny Deshar is just tearing the cover off the baseball um, and, and then an amazing pitching for, uh, performance Sunday uh, and, and now they've both been awarded uh, uh, league honors by league the SEC honors. so uh, good stuff there um, yeah not so much on the softball front they, 
they they seemed like they were doing really well there for a little bit and now here all of a sudden they they've kind of hit the struggle bus so hopefully they can get things turned around there but yeah overall great weekend all right uh luke flurry how are you sir how was your weekend well, i'm doing great as well like tom said i didn't I can't myself, I didn't really watch that much of the Masters. Maybe it's just my generation, the younger generation <laughs> yeah. that maybe as you get older, you enjoy golf more. But um, Auburn baseball, a big series win over Vanderbilt. I went to the game on Friday. It was real fun. Also real cold. Um, yeah? Yeah, Hayden Mullins was pitching. And he had like nine, nine strikeouts. Strike big was, day for Hayden. He was yeah. on fire. I'm all time. for the left-handed pitchers. When oh, they're yeah. doing and, it, I feel like I'm winning personally. Yeah. And as well, uh, MLB baseball's back. That's always good. It's a good, good time to be around. And then NBA playoffs, like you said earlier, is coming up. I'm scared to see how the Hawks are going to finish this play-in, if they get in or not, as yesterday failed to get the eighth seed. But besides that, I'm doing great. Yeah, now they play the Charlotte Hornets, so that's going to be super electrifying for me personally and you. Yeah, uh, me, Cam, Brandt. Javon, yeah. formerly Brant. Yeah, we've we'll got see. a we got a lot of Hawks people walking around, and then there's the one Charlotte guy. So that's exciting. Yeah. Did you? Are you in the Braves boat as well, or just not uh, as big into MLB? When it comes to MLB, I have this weird thing. So my first, I never really watched MLB, but when I was younger, my first game I went to was in Toronto. So I've always enjoyed the Blue Jays. <laughs> That's right? such a random first game. Of, that's I, awesome, though. Jays, that is remember, epic. It was in the Rogers Center, Blue Jays versus Rockies. Yeah. Jose Bautista <laughs> has been my favorite player since then. And so Luke, I've always, that's I've incredible. Always, I don't watch their games that much, but I always like enjoy listening and see how they're doing. This is supposed to be the Blue Jays' year. They're yeah, very they're, young they're, and very talented. They, they start off series whenever the Rangers yeah. looking good. They, uh, whenever you look at any of the power rankings, they're they're the top power uh, uh, AL team. Yeah, right now. and if there's anybody that knows box scores and baseball and anything like that, it's the man to my right in the studio here today, Ryan Lavoy. I hope you're doing well, sir. And I love learning more and more about Luke Flurry. This guy's awesome, man. Yeah, unless you are a uh, goofy little bird from Baltimore, you're going to be quite good in the American <laughs> yeah. League East uh, this year. There's going to be four really quality teams. And, um, you know, Toronto is absolutely one of those teams uh, with all the young power that they've got. They've been trying to get better pitching the last year or two, trying to acquire some of that. I believe they picked up Kevin Gosman, which was a good get. So, uh, yeah, no, they're going to be good. Uh, We saw the first rendition of Yankees-Red Sox for the season. And then I think Tampa swept Baltimore. So that AL East can be a lot of fun to watch. But, uh, yeah, I had a good weekend. Um, I uh, watched just about all the Masters. I stopped about four holes left or so when Scheffler birdied 15 because uh, I think he got the lead to five at that point, And I was like, yeah, this result's no longer in doubt. Really, had once he chipped in, Tom, you'd probably agree with this, once he chipped in at three, right. it felt like it would go his way. Obviously, with 15 holes left, there's a lot of time left. But when you chip in from down in the valley yeah. for birdie on three after, that could have been a bogey hole for him sure. the way he was in position. I kind of already started to be like, yeah, this is going to be tough to see him blow this. If he can have the gumption to make a shot like that um and he had a few stutters there but i mean he shot i think 34 in the opening nine and just really never looked too out of it his uh, i mean really his scotty shuffler's biggest mess up the of the entire week 
was on 18. Right. Day, when <laughs> when all of a sudden, yeah. he just got the yips. I mean, obviously the pressure is on him. But still, I mean, it's like a two-foot putt. And, I mean, he just kept slapping it past the hole. And it's like, good, man, come it's on. It's a good dude. thing it wasn't close. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, he had he had plenty to play with. But uh, he just couldn't – he just suddenly could not make a two-foot putt. After making everything all week long, Yeah, he gets to 18th green on Sunday to clinch it and just suddenly gets the putting yips and, and cannot put it in the hole. So, But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he – I agree. After after that chip in at three, it just kind of felt like okay. Well, I don't know how to get to, this guy ruffled enough to blow this big of well, a lead. He, well, well, he he never seemed phased, and then uh, uh, the Cameron guy Smith Smith yeah. um, just really kind of fell off. Ran out of gas. Now now Rory started kind of roaring back, and so that kind of made it interesting. But it just never really felt like it was in doubt. Yeah, because I mean, it was the thing. It's like McElroy had the best round of the day at sixty four. So. But he's in the clubhouse for an hour and a half, so it's like that. There's going to be no more pressure on Scheffler because no one can could eclipse that seven under number. Scheffler's always going to have four or five stroke lead. No one was going to eat into that with Scheffler's making par. So you just had to uh, par out from that point, and you'd still have a comfortable lead. So anyway, watched a good bit of that, enjoyed it. Always loved the Masters. Was thankful Tiger got out there. I know he didn't play well over the weekend. Uh, no, he didn't play well over the weekend, but honestly, who cares? Because he played five, hadn't played in 500 days. It'd be tough enough to not play golf competitively for a year and a half and compete at that course, but then to know that you almost lost a leg and all the injuries. And, oh, by the way, it's for so kicks impressive. and giggles, like at 46, you're not in your prime anymore, even no. in golf. So just to be out there, be competitive for two days and, and finish all 72 – great for tiger that he obviously means so much the game so spent a lot of the weekend watching that auburn baseball did a great job and uh yeah eager to talk about anything and everything today all our phone calls welcome via the auburn bank phone line 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine as all of our sports call callers and guests join us on that auburn bank phone line auburn bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information your partner your neighbor your friend member fdic equal housing lender give us a call to join the show 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine auburn Bank is our proud sponsor of the Sports Call phone line. JJ Jackson here in studio with Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Luke Flurry. Ryan, you went first, or excuse me, last in our introductions. Let's have you go first here, but uh, a big conversation that everyone wants to have today in the weeks to come. We officially have seen everything that there is to see regarding Auburn football in the spring setting now that 8A 2022 has come and gone. Uh, from what you've observed, what you've read from folks after the fact and that sort of thing uh, what's your take on, on what was seen on saturday yeah admittedly was not able to see it live was in studio working with auburn softball uh, on that day so was not able to see it live but uh definitely read plenty of stories saw a few highlights and um obviously w- went through everything there i think the biggest thing is is you know no one is coming out of there thinking anything much different about the team the, the same areas would need to be addressed and to be clear you know that that's the thing about 8-8 say Auburn because we know Auburn did not run the ball well on Saturday but we also know there was several offensive linemen out but say they had run the ball so well say Tank Bigsby had 12 carries 80 yards well you know what you would then do you then be like, I don't know if the defensive line is what we thought it would be. You know, that's kind of a little. So that's why, that even with 
the knowledge that this is still just at the end of the day a, a, a public practice, you know, it's 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 hard to get big takeaways one way or the other. Um, everyone, as we know, in spring ball um, is going to tell you that guys are improving, that guys are working hard and that sort of thing. And Auburn's no different. They, they seem to be uh, gaining chemistry by the week, and, and that's good, and they need to do that after the travails of, of last season with the locker room at the end of the season and uh, alleged activities, et cetera, et cetera. So they needed to garner some more chemistry. I think they're doing that. Um, you know, I think how Ashford played is encouraging to people um, because, you know, many would say he would not fit the mold of this offense. And maybe he still doesn't, but he put on a pretty good show over the weekend. And uh, while one practice is not going to, you know, should not have people thinking, oh, that's, that's your starter right there, it does make you feel encouraged that there are other guys that are playing pretty well that uh, are going to challenge TJ Finley. And of course, we just don't know anything about Calzada right now because of his injury status. So, you know, I think everyone was eager to look at quarterback battle. I don't think you saw anything just terrible there. I think everybody held their own. Uh, the drive that Gurner did get was obviously very successful. It was a touchdown drive, albeit against a lot of second and third team guys. So, you know, I, I think it's just all about your mindset on how you choose to view it. But I think that Auburn is accomplishing what they want to accomplish in spring ball. They're getting the competition. It's something that Brian Harson talked a lot about in the post game that he is very pleased with the competition of everything. And so that's all you can ask for at this time of year. You're not going to go win a national title. You're not going to go win an SEC Western division in April, but you need to start forming the habits that will lead you uh, to success, and, and they're trying to do that. We'll see what moves forward with Auburn football as they get set to open up the 2022 season in September for now uh, or without it for the next several months. We'll have the next big event uh, at SEC Media Days coming up this summer. So we have got to wait quite some time until uh, Auburn football's back in our lives. You've got to wait a little bit longer, though, for us to bring back our show. we got to pay some bills right now. We'll be back after this 90-second timeout. This is Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson back in the saddle after several days away. Auburn softball uh, in Arkansas. I was supposed to be on the call last Wednesday uh, for Auburn softball versus Georgia State. That game got rained out. Uh, so I was kind of handling some things before taking off on that road trip and got to hear uh, Wacky Wednesday. The last time Tom Peavy sat in that chair, he's given folks the greatest nicknames of sports teams that there are, primarily focused in the minor league baseball world because you yeah. can go forever and ever and ever looking at all those unique team names. I was begging him to say Thunder Chickens, and he gave us a Thunder Chickens name drop at the very end, uh, which <laughs> meant so much to me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, glad to be back here. And, again, want to say thank you to everyone who filled in in my 
absence as I was away for a few days. The big thing that needs to be promoted right now is the Sports Call Survey in 2022. It is so important to us, Tom Peavy, that we get feedback on this show, that you take just a few moments and fill out the survey so that we can hear from you, the listener, or the caller, or whoever you may be, to continue to make this show great. Yeah, uh, we we always come up with different ideas among ourselves, you know, individually and kind of as a team and bounce ideas off of each other. But uh, with that survey, the listeners could possibly give us an idea that we haven't thought of and and also just things to improve on things that that, uh, may be going great that we can make even better. So uh, it's always good to hear back from folks because you know, us as a, as a team, we do a lot of great things, but, I mean, our, our brain power can only go so far. So when we have the, the listeners out there and we can actually let, hear from them and, and know what's good, what's bad, and what we can do. Uh, it means the can, world we, does. It does, and, and it means that we can grow the show even, even bigger and further than what we've already been doing. Something that we love to do each and every day. We're always in the birthday mood, so let's celebrate some birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Before we get to today's birthdays in sports, we do want to wish a very, very uh, happy birthday, belated birthday, to our general manager, Brooke Myers. She allows all of us to be on the airwaves each and every day here on WTGC Tiger 95.9 FM. Brooke got to celebrate her birthday at Truist Park last night, or yesterday, I should say, for the day game between the Cincinnati Reds. Unfortunately, the Braves couldn't give her a win on her birthday, but I do want to say happy birthday to our general manager, Brooke Myers, who celebrated her birthday yesterday. All right, today, April 11th, 2022, Mark Teixeira turns 42 years old, nicknamed Tex, the former MLB first baseman who played for 14 seasons for the Rangers, Braves, Angels, Yankees, three-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove, three-time Silver Slugger. He is a 2009 World Series champion with the Yankees. Before his professional career, he played college baseball at at Georgia Tech, where in 2000 he won the Dick Hauser Trophy as the National Collegiate Baseball Player of the Year. Happy 42nd birthday to the one and only Mark Teixeira, who's celebrating his birthday today. Is he back uh, with ESPN for some baseball coverage? If he is, he's not in the booth. Okay. He, he would be back in uh, the studio. Because, you know, the new team is Carl Ravage, David Cohn, and Eduardo Perez uh-huh. for the, uh, Sunday for the night main game. Sunday night broadcast. And then they have that K-Rod cast on ESPN2. So uh, I assume you might see him pop into that maybe as a guest. But uh, I don't think he's doing any games. Was Baseball Tonight, was that the name of the ESPN show? Yes. That, okay. Does that still air? I don't think so. Maybe in the summertime when there's not I, as much, they'll bring it back. Or that, see, did that used to happen every night? The, I don't think they do it anymore. I think they kind of market it as something they do kind of on Sunday night uh-huh. with the game. Yeah, but yeah, no, there you definitely used to be like a baseball tonight at seven or. Would you o'clock. tune in? Yeah, yeah, You'd watch it. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, maybe Teixeira's on that set. But anyway, yeah. he's celebrating his birthday today. Maybe he's going to be at MLB Network. Yeah, who actually birthday, talks about baseball. Mark Teixeira. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is turning 23 years old, a current running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, taking 32nd overall in the 2020 NFL Draft out of LSU. Edwards-Hilaire was a part of the historic 2019 LSU Tigers championship team. He also earned first-team All-SEC during that season. Luke, give me something on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. 
Edwards Hilaire, I think, was so underappreciated on that LSU offense as everybody was, or not relying, but like focusing on Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Jefferson. But I think Edwards Hilaire was one of the main reasons that he, like, they, he won them some games. Like that um, game against Alabama, he had that monster run at the end of the game that put him up another touchdown or two. I forgot about that run, but you're exactly and right. I remember the same thing we, we played, or they played Auburn in Death Valley. He had some monster runs, which uh, gave him the win. And I, I was one to not think that he would get drafted in the first round, but he did get drafted in the first round. He, he did pretty good his rookie year. hasn't seen hasn't shown that much since then, but he can play. Yeah, he can play. I mean, he's a heavy hitter. Edward Zelayer turns 23 years old today. Deli Ali turns 26, a current midfielder for the Premier League club Everton. He's also been a member of the England national team, signed with Tottenham Hotspur in February 2015, scoring 51 goals before joining Everton in January 2022. So very new, his tenure with Everton. He's also voted as the Professional Footballers Association. That's the PFA Young Player of the Year and has made the PFA Team of the Year. Deli Ali is turning 26. And then finally, birthdays and sports here today. Uh, a good trip down memory lane for me. Trot Nixon turns 48 years old, the former MLB right fielder who played most of his career for the Boston Red Sox. He is a World Series champion in 2004. Fan favorite because of his scrappy play on the field. Spent one season each with the Cleveland Indians and New York Mets. Currently a host and analyst for the fifth quarter, a high school football show on a local network in his hometown of Wilmington, North Carolina. Trot Nixon turns 48. That's the name right there. That is. I haven't and thought about him in a while. And by the way, it's a good baseball name. It is. Um, with a home run trot. Uh, you're, were you a Doug Mankiewicz guy? Oh, yeah. Thank yeah. you for bringing up my favorite first baseman of the oh, 2004 yeah. World Series team yeah. for the Red Sox. I unfortunately know too much baseman. about that. Yeah. I unfortunately know uh, too many players on that team. <laughs> what a team. What a team. All right, happy birthday. Trot Nixon turning 48. Deli Ali turns 26. Clyde Edwards Elair turns 23. Mark Teixeira turning 42 years old. That, my friends, is birthdays in sports here today on April 11th of 2022. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 to be a part of our program as we go to the Auburn Bank phone line. And joining us now is... James from Montgomery. James from Montgomery has called into the program to talk to us today. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle to you, sir. Yes, I am actually going to be looking at a lot of different games today. On Monday, I got the uh, Texas Rangers. We're just losing in the first half of the, I mean, of the first opening game. We are one. Uh, the score right now leads um, the Colorado Rockies one to zero right now in the first half of that opening game in Texas as well. Yeah, the Rockies are, are, are off to a good start. one nothing as they go to the bottom of the first. Yeah, so I'm hoping we'll make a good comeback out of that as well. And I'm going to be watching uh, the NBA uh, Finals week, uh, which is today. I'm going to see who's going to actually uh, start playing today. So I got uh, two teams I'm actually going to be looking at and um, seeing who's going to be playing in the NBA uh, Finals as well, but they're doing a play-in today as well. Yeah, they're doing the play-in tomorrow and Wednesday, James, so not not quite yet, but tomorrow it's Cavs and Nets and Clippers and T-Wolves. Yeah, so I'm going to be watching those two games 
tomorrow as well. And then tonight is the um, debut of the WNBA draft tonight. And I'm going to see all of the great SEC uh, legendary stars to actually uh, make their names shine bright in uh, Dallas, Texas, where my Dallas Wings are actually hosting the draft tonight as well. You have any predictions on who's going to be the number one overall pick? Oh, it's so many! It's so many! Um, it's so many uh, young ladies out there that I've that I've looked over for quite some time since the March Madness tournament, and I'm looking at maybe out of the SEC, I'm looking at maybe one or two players might get picked from the from the. From uh, Ole Miss, I don't know, but I'm just trying to see who they're going to pick as well, see where these um, lovely ladies might make their shine, you know, in the in the WNBA draft as well. Yeah, uh, Shakira Austin from Ole Miss will be a top five pick, but Ryan Howard out of Kentucky is going to be the number one pick. She's going to go to the Atlanta Dream when it's all said and done. And actually, James, the, the draft isn't in Dallas. It's going to be in New York City. So your, your oh, stars okay. aren't going to be the it, – it'll be – or excuse me, your wings won't be hosting it. The draft will be in NYC. Uh, but okay. Ryan Howard, Ryan Howard will be the first pick tonight. Okay, because um, we will um, – my Dallas uh, wings will be in attendance, so I don't know if we will make a trade or a steal – or what what the case may be when when that um, time comes up for us. How are you so going to make know. a steal in the draft? Well, I mean, if any other teams don't want any other player, then we might either we might actually look up on their draft board or look down on the draft board. Or if another team actually wants to trade, we can actually trade a team for 2023 and the 2024 season of next uh, of next season as well. Yeah, I'm looking tonight. It's a three-round draft, 36 total picks. The Wings do have the number seven overall pick, but you do not have a second-round pick, James. But then in the okay. third round, the Wings do have two picks. So you have three total draft picks tonight for the Wings, one in the first round and two in the third round. Okay. So if we actually have the second-round draft pick, we might be looking at the player from Old Miss and seeing if she might come to the Wings and uh, seeing, you know, what we need out of her to actually come to a good team like Dallas as well. Yeah, she, she'll be in the first round, the first five picks. But uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens when that gets going. All right, tell me something else. Well, I am actually going to be um, watching my Dallas Stars on Tuesday because we do have a good home game series. We do play the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I'm just going to see how my Dallas Stars hold out before the playoff spot. And if we win – Tuesday, we'll actually make it in to that uh, Stanley Cup playoff spot as well. So I'm just trying to keep my fingers crossed and seeing if my team is going to win on Tuesday as well. It'll be on ESPN. Uh, ESPN, it'll be a good game to watch tomorrow between your Stars and Lightning. <laughs> yes, as well. And, um, well, I will be uh, looking at Auburn baseball if we have a home game 
and uh, Auburn, Alabama as well. So I don't know who we play um, at home as well. We play Sanford tomorrow. Okay, so will that be like on ESPN or the SEC Network? or It'll be on the SEC Network Plus. And uh, would you like to know who the announcers are going to be? Mm, yeah. I will be the announcer, James. I'm going to get to broadcast the Auburn baseball game tomorrow versus Sanford, and I'll be joined by Greg Olson. Okay, I would uh, send you all a, a, a good tweet out when I see. Oh, awesome! Uh, awesome. When I, when I actually see y'all at, actually in Plainsman Park, I wish I was there to announce some of the baseball games. And well, remember, you know, I I was at uh, the softball games this past weekend in Arkansas, <laughs> and you actually sent me a tweet, James. Yes, I I actually did. I actually did, but I was trying to find the actual game on um, on the SEC network, and I couldn't find it. But I do have um, an uh, easier way to actually see it. I actually see all of the uh, college baseball games on demand. Oh wow! Lucky yeah, so, you. Yeah, so I look at, like, Florida, Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, uh, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, all on, on demand without no interruptions as well. Perfect. You've got the hookup. Yes, as well, because I'm actually out here in Tuscaloosa, so I'm just trying to, you know, trying to see what what the University of Alabama is actually going to be doing. I should have went to their A-Day game actually out there to, you know, um, see what their quarterback, Bryce Young, is actually going to be doing. But I think with that being said, I think they might lose their first game of the season as well. James, what are you doing in Tuscaloosa, man? Oh, I'm just um, out here visiting family, you know, just visiting my sister and having um, a little fun before um, my birthday as well. Yeah, your birthday's coming up, isn't it? How many days away are we? Uh, We are actually, I should say, 10 days away. April 21st? No, April 17th. So I'm going to have a big birthday party as well. I'm going to actually fire up some ribs, chicken, pizza, and just go out and um, and have a good time with my family as well. So your birthday is six days away. Your birthday is Easter Sunday this year, James. Mm-hmm. And on Easter Sunday, I would be uh, sitting back watching um, the NASCAR race from Bristol, Tennessee on Easter Sunday as well. You've got some big birthday plans then. And some ribs, you said? Yes, some actual ribs. We're actually going to be getting some ribs. Um, We're actually door dashing some ribs in as well. Okay, that's a great app. Well, well, Jane, so uh, if you're in Tuscaloosa, I guess you're not going to be at the Biscuits Home Opener tomorrow. Oh, no, no, I won't be, but um, I would be sending them uh, some some messages um, during the um, opening day and uh, seeing um, I'll be listening to the game on my phone as well. There you go. I'm still playing on I got my tickets. I, I will be sitting inside Riverwalk Stadium tomorrow for the home opener. Okay, well, if you really want to actually, if it, I mean, I'm hoping the weather would be good for tomorrow, but um, just go out and uh, check my friends out in the club car. They will actually hook you up with some really good uh, draft beer as well. All right. <laughs> yes. Okay, you like draft beer, James? 
Yes, I do as well. And we do have a uh, we do have a new can that we just added. It's called the Crazy Left Can Beer. It's one of the uh, staples of Montgomery. It's one of our new beers that we actually have for the um, biscuits. Um, games as well and everybody say it's really good it's it's really it has like a lemon flavored taste to it so it's like lemonade mixed with beer and it's really really good as well all right we'll have to check that out next time we're at a biscuits game hey one more question on are you uh, are you going to get the opportunity to invite marie to your birthday party um no not this time but maybe next year when i hit 35 as well but i'm just trying to you know trying to you know trying to keep things a little different as well so it's just a family thing as well for me as well all right so so maybe next year marie will get invited are you still dating her uh yes we are we are actually dating and uh, we're thinking about getting married sometime real soon as well all right all right well anything else on your mind uh, yes, I do. Now, actually, on my Facebook page, I do have a nonprofit organization. Now, I'm just um, alerting. I did or see this, or, yes. Or actually putting out for, um, it's only on my birthday, and if anybody um, in the um, Auburn community or all the Auburn fans want to donate to this organization, this will help out um, my organization, will help out the, the um people out in ukraine and actually i would do i do need that um help from a lot of auburn fans as well to actually help me to actually give that um organization a good help out for those people out yeah there the, the, the organization the supports military people right Yes, it uh, supports military people and families, and it will give them a good opportunity to actually help them out with the um, relief funds as well to uh, help them and uh, support uh, their families and um, give them a opportunity to live a better life in this uh, difficult time that we're going through. James, why does the military mean so much to you? Well, because I grew up in a military family, and um, we would, like, for for me as a military um, son of my dad, he was in the military, so everybody always uh, gives me um, a lot of um, helping hands as well, you know, just to say, you know, thank you for what I've done or thank you for what my dad has done to make this a great opportunity in a great country that yeah. we live in. Well, we certainly want to thank your dad for his service. That's uh, That's absolutely tremendous that he's helped protect our freedom. All right, well, nice uh, talking to y'all, and I'll talk to y'all on Tuesday in War Eagle. War Eagle. That's our buddy James from Montgomery. He's joining us here on the Auburn Bank phone line. Quick time out. We're back with more of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show when we return in a moment. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. 
I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Luke Flurry, and Ryan Lavoie. Hope that you're doing well. 887-3401 or toll-free at 888-9-TIGER-9. That's one of the more exciting uh, sayings of everyone's name in the studio. It progressively more exciting, yeah. too. Yeah. I thought you went pretty loud with Luke, but then you're like, Ryan LaVoy! Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 so I, I had a kind of a neat little thing happen yesterday in the world of sports. Okay. Well, with the with the Braves. I guess technically, well, it was the Braves, but it was technically the Reds. Okay. So I um, know exactly where you're going. So, the so last year... I'm watching the Montgomery Biscuits right. playing against the Chattanooga Lookouts. And this pitcher pitching for the Lookouts, I'm sitting there watching this dude throw, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this dude is electric. I remember you talking about him, and, Hunter Green. Yeah, and, and one of the guys in front of me said, turned around, and he said, dude, he's already thrown two pitches over 100 miles an hour. And I'm, I was like, oh, my gosh. So I like really started paying more attention to him. And I'm like, who in the heck is this dude? He's so good. Looked him up. Hunter Green. I was like, okay, Notre Dame had Tommy John surgery, like one of the top prospects in Major League Baseball. And I, I was telling my girlfriend, you know, who this guy was and, you know, keep an eye out for him. Uh, I'm watching the – I didn't get a chance to watch the Braves game last night, but I'm watching the highlights and I see them. They're showing this pitcher for the Reds just mowing down Atlanta batters. And then I see the name. I'm like, well, I'll be darned. That's Hunter Green. That's the guy I saw in Montgomery last year. Made his Major League debut last night and got him a – did he get the win? I'm, or do he we, did. He pitched. He did, he did give up a couple homers in that fifth, but they got right. him through to qualify. So yeah. Okay. He so he run. got he got the win in his major league debut. Uh, throwing throwing pitches over a hundred. Um, he, he's one of those. Uh, he's one he of those. Topped out at one hundred three in the fourth inning. One of the, he's one of those rare starters that that will throw one hundred three. He's very T- exciting. Typically, you, you really see that fun from player a, from a closer. Uh, you know, throwing that hard, but. Uh, uh, it, we will personally enjoy it more when it's not against the Atlanta Braves. Oh, sure. But, yes, uh, congrats um, so, to Hunter so Green. 103-mile-an-hour there. He's got like an 87-mile-an-hour slider. Um, dude is just great. But it just it's neat. Anytime I see a guy over in Montgomery playing, whether it be playing for the Biscuits and they end up with the Rays or a guy that comes through playing for one of these other teams, and uh, and all of a sudden there he is in the pros, and you're like, oh, wow, you know, I saw that dude play. Did you ever get to see uh, Wander Franco play in Montgomery? I don't think I did. Um, He's very good for the yeah, race yeah. now. Yeah. I, I don't remember seeing Wander. Um, actually, maybe I did. Now that I think about it. Shortstop. I, 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 think, yeah. I think I probably did. Um, and there's a couple of dudes on the race that I remember seeing. Uh, there's a guy, um, uh, Jazz. Uh, Jazz Chisholm. Chisholm. Uh, for, the, for the Marlins. For the Marlins. I, I watched Jazz Chisholm play because that was just one of those names that, like, stuck yeah. out. You're going to remember. And, and he had a, he kind of, I think he had, like, frosted hair, maybe, Correct. or something like that. He's always changing his fro. Yeah. There was something, so it was the name Jazz Chisholm and the hairdo, and it, that stuck in my head. And then all of a sudden, I'm seeing this Jazz Chisholm for the Marlins. Like, oh my gosh, I Good remember. Good player. I remember watching that guy. So. It, that's neat. That's the cool thing about it. And I, and again, and now a good segue. I will be at Riverwalk Stadium tomorrow uh, as the Biscuits uh, open home play. They they've been uh, they started the season over the weekend against the Braves. Uh, 
against Mississippi Braves. Yeah. Now they uh, they play the Tennessee Smokies. Braves are now double affiliate of the Cubs. Braves are two and two on the season. They open up a three game series with the Nationals tonight in Atlanta, and then they go west and Thursday through Sunday four game series at San Diego. What else happened in the National League East this weekend? Uh, well, the Mets got off to a good start. No one swept. Right. Uh, only the Rays Orioles was a sweep, which uh, yeah, I don't know if the Orioles should play 159 <laughs> more or not, but I guess they'll have to so do that. Some things never change, right? Um, but um, the Mets were playing pretty well. They had a uh, little bit of disagreement there. Uh, I believe they're playing the Nationals, and yeah. they had a benches clearing situation. And we were talking on the show last week uh, while you were in Arkansas, JJ. Did you know Robinson Cano isn't dead? No. Robinson Cano is the starting second baseman for the New York Metropolitans. Wow. He 100%, and he had a few hits over the weekend. He wow. did not retire. He okay. did not play last year, but he did not retire. Hmm. Um, and, uh, of course, you know Buck Schulwalter's the manager right. now. So there's a lot, only a lot of dramatics in, in uh, and Queens And Scherzer ended year. up pitching. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah, he and did. So he did not miss any time with the hamstring after all. I did see that Auburn's own Keegan Thompson hit Andrew McCutcheon in the back. And that yep. forced Brewers Cubs to uh, bench clear Have a their disagreement benches. as well. Wow, and I didn't realize that was Keegan. That was Keegan yep. Thompson. And then Jason Hayward <laughs> ran over, and he was really kind of animated. I think he was thrown at a little bit yeah. earlier in the game. And and uh, baseball! Yeah, Donaldson and his Yankees debut had a walk-off How about single that? on Friday. Pretty exciting stuff. The, Pretty the one exciting thing, stuff. The one thing I'll say, um, going back towards the Braves, uh, the Braves lost that first game, and – I, it was amazing, like, the amount of fans that I saw just all of a sudden. They're like, oh, gosh, we're going to stink this year and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, That's hey. ridiculous. Yeah. I, I know it is, yeah. but it, but people like – I mean, there were, little pe- there were literally people on social media talking about, you know, do we hit the panic button? <laughs> Fire sticker. Like and it's like, dude, you got swept in your opening <laughs> yeah. series last year and ended up winning the World Series. You're freaking out because you lost the first, the opener. Right. Never got over 500 till August, which right. I'm not saying that's the formula each and every yeah. year, yeah, but, sure. but, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, you lose the opener and everybody's freaking out because you're the defending World Series champs and you lost your opener. Like, you got swept in your opening series last year and won the series. And like you said, didn't even get, it weren't even over 500 until after the All-Star break. So, Wow. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's take a phone call. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 if you want to be a part of the program. We will go and uh, chat now for the final five minutes of hour number one with... Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve now joins us here on the program. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon. And uh, I'm under pressure now, so let's see if I can hold up to it. Uh, Mr. Tom Peavy. What's up? Mr. Ryan Lavoy and a uh, new gentleman by Luke. Is that his name? Yes, it is. Hey, welcome to a sports call, man. Glad to be here. Well, uh, I hope you continue to believe that after I get through. <laughs> go right ahead, Steve. So. What you got? All right, let's go, guys. Uh, forget about Scheffler's two point seven million, right? <laughs> yeah, what a purse to win for the Masters. Yeah. yeah, by hitting a ball. Well, how would you like to be his caddy, whose name is Ted Scott? What did Mister Scott get, Steve? Well, it says here under Insider.com that uh, apparently he's making close to $1 million over the past few months being a caddy for Mr. Scheffler. That's not too bad either. Yeah, that's really impressive. Uh, uh, apparently he didn't do too good a job of telling him how to putt, right? On the, on the 18th, uh, 
Well, I mean, he was trying to tell, he was trying to calm him down more, but I mean, it's a two foot putt. There's only so much you can read at a two foot putt. I mean, but he got he's got part of that caddy's job is calm your guy down when he's getting the yips like that. So, <laughs> give him some uh, words of encouragement. To, I don't know why that's making me laugh so much because the three of us have, have played golf together. Uh, I'm talking, I'm looking at Tom and Ryan. And again, I don't know what's making me giggle because I am just the ultimate lover of putt putt. But you're right, Tom. At the end of the day, it is simply a two foot putt. So, what, I, what I, is the caddy supposed to say uh, in that situation? I, I, wanted to, I wanted to see him lay down on the ground and start yelling at the golf ball, Happy Gilmore style. <laughs> Go to your home. Yes. Now, Jim, I want to give a perspective on this purse. And where where does this money come from? Is it from the broadcast rights? Where where does Masters get all this money? A terrific question that I'm not quite sure of. Does yeah. anyone else know? Uh, I would I would assume it's a mix of broadcast and off of uh, ticket sales too. I mean, I'm sure. sure a portion of it goes back towards the players. Um, you know, I, I've I've that's kind of like that for. Uh, something like uh, tennis or NASCAR where they're going to have a big purse and then you're going to finish accordingly and get higher percentages of the purse, that sort of thing. So I would assume it's a mixture of of media rights and uh, ticket sales. All right, well, I want to give a perspective about this purse that was just won yesterday. Uh, The first Masters in 1934 was won by a gentleman by the name of Horton Smith. He was awarded, sit down, $1,500. In today's inflation value... That's only still $32,000 get You know, guys, that's what he would have won in today's money. $32,000 versus $2.7 million. Y'all think about that, okay? Yeah, no, obviously that's a lot, and there's a number of reasons for that, obviously, that I could bore you with, but uh, that, is, uh, that is an impressive change over time. All right. Moving on, guys, a important sporting uh, historical event occurred on this date in uh, 1921. What was it? Got a minute and a half KD, left. KDKA in Pittsburgh broadcast the first live sporting event on radio, which was what? A boxing match between Johnny Ray and Johnny Dundee, who Johnny Dundee later uh, became uh, installed into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. How about that? That's really cool. The very first sporting event 101 years ago. That's epic. Right. In the same year, four months later, what happened again? Another milestone in sporting events history. KDKA, again, the only radio station uh, around, I guess, uh, announced their first Major League Baseball game broadcast on radio. How about that? I love that. That's cool to hear. We're radio people, and obviously we love consuming sports, and it happened for the first time 101 years ago. Now, speaking of that, you know, I'm glad to hear you and that you're back, but please, Stay home and don't go to any more softball games for Auburn. You're killing us. You're killing us. Well, DJ. I'll be there on Wednesday, so and I'll be don't with Auburn it. baseball tomorrow. So. Down? <laughs> yeah. Don't let them go. Look, Arkansas is the best team in the entire SEC. They won the championship a year ago. Uh, they, we were so close. We were close. We games. were close several times. So uh, a lot to be excited right. about for the future. We're running out of time here in the hour, well, Steve. Well, we, we won the series against Vanderbilt, thank goodness. And a shout-out to who? Co-player of the week in baseball by Mr. Tony Deshera. That's right. Shout out indeed. Thanks for the call today. That's all I've got, guys. Okay, my time is up. I know that. So until next time, you guys have a safe afternoon and evening at War Eagle. War Eagle. Retired War Dam Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line right there. As that brings the first hour of Sports Call to a close. Alongside the great 
Tom Peavy, Ryan Lavoy, and Luke Fleury. My name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. We hope that you're off to a great start to the new week. Happy Monday to everyone listening to our program. All right, in our show today, we've got best and worst of the weekend. Want to let you know about our sports movie bracket that's coming up a little bit later and a late addition to today's proceedings today at 5 o'clock on the program from the SEC Network. Mr. Cole Kubelik will be a part of our show. He was on the call for Auburn's A-Day game, so we're going to talk to Cole Kubelik today, coming up at 5 o'clock here on Sports Call WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM. Let's go to our Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 Joining us here on the program is our good friend Matt from Tallahassee. Matt has called into the show. Hi, Matt. Good evening, JJ! Good evening to you, sir. Hey, you always say how many dollars, but I'm going to cut it. Like, you're on the show today, so you don't have to pay. Yeah, it was $100 last time, so the price keeps going up, but uh, thank you for not making me pay, okay? Uh, is Ryan and Tom there? They are here, yes. Hi, Tom. Hello, how's it going? It's still fired. Ah, all right. Uh, I'll just sit back and listen. Hi, Ryan. What's going on, Matt? Hey, you're not fired. Appreciate that. Right. Hey, hey, here's a new person on the that I haven't met before. Luke, say hello to Luke. Luke, War Eagle. War Eagle, Matt. Man, like Arkansas against our softball team cheated and got lucky. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was on the I was on the broadcast for all those games, and unfortunately, it just didn't go in Auburn's favor. Arkansas was the better hey, team. Hey, Jay, you're supposed to give me tickets. Say that again? You're supposed to give me some baseball or softball tickets. Yeah, well, I'll see what I can do, okay? Hey, I got some sad news. That's why, like, this morning my dad woke up at 4.30, and guess what was gone? What? My dad's truck. Oh. Oh, no. Someone stole my dad's truck. Oh, no, man. I'm sorry to hear that. That's not good. No. Hopefully they find it. Hopefully the police department can help you guys out and locate your pop's truck. Well, 
they 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 did a a county police uh, sheriff came and wrote a report. So there's like a whole bunch of people. He said he used to work in Montgomery. There's a lot of chop uh, businesses like in Atlanta, Montgomery, but it has like a low like air and a tire. So we hoping no one like slash the tire. Right. But hey, um, hey, I got a couple of questions for. First, I'll tell you and Ryan, Tom, you just lay back. I'm going to ask Ryan. I'm going <laughs> to ask Ryan and Luke and JJ and Tom. I'll ask you later. Okay. So hey, so JJ and and Luke and um, Ryan, what I saw that uh, Auburn offered a player's brother. Do you guys know anything about that? I didn't see that, buddy. I didn't. I didn't see that. Well, uh, what? What? Well, um, well. Uh, here's our question for Ryan and Luke. JJ, I'll get back to you later. Um, Ryan and Luke, what do you guys think about Kessler leaving Auburn? Yeah, no, I, I don't think it was uh, in. Too uh, too shocking. I think it was anticipated because he is supposed to be a first round pick, and would have been really hard for him to uh, really increase his draft stock a lot. So I don't think it's very surprising. What so, like so? Uh, what do you think about the LSU commitment uh, coming to uh, Auburn at six foot ten, and same size as Smith? Like, yeah. Have Auburn- be a final four again probably you think well yeah i think with yo on i think that's definitely a great place to start and obviously he's going to have a lot of expectations being such a highly valued recruit but uh, jabari smith might be the number one pick in the draft so it's gonna be really hard to uh, be as good or better than smith but I, I think he's a good place to start for auburn and they're going to have some players back it appears and so uh yeah it's always very hard to make such a deep tournament run, but I know Auburn's goals have certainly changed a lot over the last few years. Okay, here's a question for Tom now. All right, what's up? Do you think that Finley, and JJ can answer this too, do you think that Finley might transfer if the quarterback that we got from Texas A&M is healthy, or do you think Finley will stay? I I mean, I I think it's a a possibility if he does not get the starting job. uh, I mean, he's a kid that wants to play. And so if if he's looking like he's going to be a a bench guy again, I could definitely see him leaving. But uh, right now, you know, that quarterback deal is way up in the air. Uh, Ashford looked good in the 8A game. You still got Calzada sitting there. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a possibility if he doesn't get the starting job. So, uh, so, Ryan and JJ, do you think that if Auburn can – they say that Alabama will go 12-0 this year and Auburn will have three, a 3-1 three and one loss against Penn State. But do you think that if we can – if Auburn can go to the United Championship, I know it's a long way off, but if that happens, do you think that we can play against uh, Oregon and it would be the Bo Nix against the quarterback that we got from Oregon? Bo Nix versus Robbie Ashford. Yeah, if that, if that matchup's set up, I think it'd be really fun to watch. And uh, I'm always optimistic about what this Auburn team can do. They've got a long way to go, though, to qualify for a national championship game. But uh, we will see. A lot of time to get there. Hey, is there a way to do some trivia real quick? And then, Luke, I got a special surprise for you. Because JJ and Ryan and Tom know what the surprise is. But I'm going to do some trivia first. And then I'll do the special surprise. But see, when I do the special surprise, Luke, you got to do it. I will do it. 
All right. So um, tell me, uh, tell me what kind of trivia you want. Uh, give me uh, baseball. Baseball trivia. Okay. Yeah. What player on the Auburn baseball team hit three home runs over the weekend against Vanderbilt? I can't. Um, he's a third baseman, I think. Uh, first baseman. Oh, uh, first baseman. Oh, oh, oh. I can't think of his name right now. I had it. Uh... Can you give me a letter? He wears number 17, and his initials are S.D. His first name starts with an S, and his last name starts with a D. Sam Dawson? Not quite. Sonny DeShera. Okay, okay. All right, and then uh, question number two. What is the name of Auburn's baseball stadium? Darren Hare, Pat Dyfield. That'd be for football. That'd be for football. You were correct, but I was I was going for baseball there. Stanford uh, Stadium. No, it'd, it'd be Plainsman Park and Hitchcock Field. So, uh, but you did a good job. All right, let's let's show the surprise off to Luke. Okay, hey Luke, Luke, nah, Luke, Luke, you're ready, right? I'm ready. All right, he's ready. Let's go to it. Look, Luke, I asked JJ and Tom and Ryan this, but look, I really wanted to know: Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, JJ, help me do the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. War Eagle. Hey, beat Bama. 45, 63, 13. Booyah. Watch out, we're coming to your field. Booyah. What'd you think, Luke? That was pretty epic. It was epic. All right. Hey, 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 Luke, on a scale of one to ten, what do you give me? I give you a ten. Uh, ten out of ten. Way to go, Matt. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Hey, Tom. Yes, sir. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan, keep Tom straight. We're gonna make it happen. I will try. All right. Bye, buddy. Hey, JJ, and give me some, give me some tickets. All right. We'll uh, we'll see what we can do for you. Okay. That's our buddy. Bye, you guys. Thanks for money. Matt from Tallahassee. Yep. Or Eagle. Uh, joining us there on the phone line. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free at one triple eight nine Tiger Nine to be a part of the program. Joining us now, Tony from Tuskegee. Tony from Tuskegee has called into the show. Hi, Tony. Hey, how y'all doing? I'm well. How are you? All right. All right. I was just. Watching, uh, 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 looking at a website, and he's um, <clears throat> still talking about Bryce Young for Heisman, but I don't think he'll win it this year. I think somebody else from Alabama will win Heisman this year. Okay, who do you think that and will be? If any, if anybody going to a Vegas board put Trey Sanders on the board, if Alabama has the offensive line. Everybody forgot about Trey. Trey, I think he came. I believe he came in with Matt Jones, them, and uh, he was the best running back in the country at that time. He had two different um, different accidents. One was in the car wreck, and the other one, um, he injured his leg or something. His freshman year. But any time you hear Nick Saban bragging on a uh, particular player, and uh, he's been around Alabama long enough. This is fifth, probably fifth year around Alabama. You know, to, to, to learn the system. 
and uh, but that's your Heisman look right there. And uh, I heard another guy on on the um, show say somebody saw Auburn's uh, team, and Auburn team looks smaller than any other team you've seen before. Is it possible? Carson is recruiting like he did at um, Boise State, trying to recruit off of speed. But speed, you know, at speed instead of size. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. And and uh, if, if that's the case, that it'll show just like them guys with with that in Cincinnati when they played Alabama and other teams. Um. Uh, 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 weight and uh, talent, it, you know, after three quarters, that size doesn't even matter. Well, I, I'll say this. Um, with the style of offense they play, they're not looking for small guys with speed. They look for big guys. Uh, one of the things they talked about last year when the offensive line was how much they were bulking the offensive linemen up. So uh, I think the recruiting right now has just struggled overall. Uh, and and all the offseason stuff didn't help, but now they're not, they're not recruiting small guys. They're they're trying to recruit uh, bigger dudes, and the guys that they have, they're trying to bulk up. So yeah, they they want some beef up there, especially on the offensive line. Uh, wide receivers can be different things, but uh, mainly up front, they're they're looking for some they're they're looking for the hog mollies up front, not tiny little guys that are speed. Yeah, yeah. I got I got one other thing to say. I everybody keep. One all in the you know quarterback situation. Why don't everybody just leave it alone and give TJ Finley a chance? I had a talk, I had a chance to talk to the guy, not about football, not about what's going on at Auburn because that was that was my business. I was just talking to him in general. But the guy sleep, eat, and love Auburn. That's where he want to be. I don't think he transfer. I don't think he's going to a transfer. Him. You know, uh, and, and, I and, and, had a chance to talk to him. Yeah. I, well, you know, and, and that's great. And I, I'm sure TJ's a great kid, and he probably does live, live and breathe and sleep football. But, you know, ultimately, you got to have the best guy. If he's not the best guy, then he's not well, going to be it. But well, now, if he is, if he is then, then go for it. Prior to that game, prior to them games against Alabama, how many times he had been on the field? Uh, just a few times. Uh, I mean, obviously he had that he had that uh, game winning drive uh, to beat Georgia State. But I mean, other than that you know, drive, I'm, I'm saying other, other than that, other than that, that was a high school game. Sure, yeah, I probably could have put that drive together. Yeah, well, I mean, other than, but I mean, other than that, I mean, he he was playing behind Bo Nix. I mean, he was the second string quarterback. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, I'll say let him, you know, instead of. Everybody hoping for something. I let him just play himself out. If he don't perform, he don't perform. You know, I'll leave that up to him and Brian Hart. Yeah, but you know, I mean, that's what I would. That's what I would do. You know. No, that's sure. But I mean, Brian Harson's also in a position right now where he he's got to do something this year because I mean the Wolves are out there after him, and the last thing you want to do is have a quarterback out there that, that you're you know just well we're just gonna give the guy a shot and see what happens. Like no, you you damn well better have your best dude out there on the field 
to try to win football games because, like I said, they're they're yeah. they're after Harson big time right now. You've got to have the best dude on the field, not just a guy who's like, well, let's just give him a shot and see how it plays you have out. Who's the most comfortable out there? Yeah, yeah no, exactly. I, you know, I believe that I believe in the best player on the field. You know, I'm just, I don't care who he is, way from or what you know, what color. You know, the best player, best player on the field. You know, that's what I always believe in. But this guy from uh, Texas A&M, just because he beat Alabama, I mean, everybody giving him high praise. I've seen a guy beat Alabama and not win another game. Sure. That was the guy that played at South Carolina. But he couldn't miss a, he yeah. couldn't miss a pass against his Alabama. Well, I, I, listen, I'm not I'm not sold on Zach, on Zach Calzada. I'm not sold on Robbie Ashford because, I'm sorry, I don't t- put a whole lot of stock in A-Day, and Ashford had a great game in A-Day, but A-Day is what it is. I take zero stock in anything that happens during A-Day. So what I have to do is put my trust in Brian Harson and that staff that when Auburn opens the season, they're going to have the best player starting under center. Oh, yeah, if, they, if, that's, if that's T.J. Finley, then that's T.J. Finley. If it's Ashford, it's him. If it's Calzada, then it's Calzada, and we roll with it. But well, well, all, I, you know, I would like to see him beat everybody but Alabama. You know, <laughs> I would like to see him beat everybody but Alabama. But now, nah, and one other thing, I'm gonna let y'all go. Um, I enjoy Auburn um, baseball, and uh, y'all might have some tickets to give away during the week pretty soon. I know you had a good time last time, so we'll try to get you set up uh, in the near future here, Tony. Absolutely. All right, JJ. All right. Uh, Good to hear from you, pal. Thanks. All right. That's our buddy Tony from Tuskegee joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's have more thoughts about Auburn football after their A game. And I want to talk about a couple of other things. We're going to do all of that in just a moment. You're listening to Sports Call. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Luke Flurry, and Ryan Lavoy. All right, as we continue to move forward, your phone calls are always welcome on our show. You can call us 334 887 3401 or toll free at 188 Tiger 9. Again, if you haven't done so already, please take a moment to go to our social media pages at Sports Call AU is our handle and uh, fill out the 2022 Sports Call survey. Please, 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 we're begging you. We need some input on our Sports Call survey. So take a few moments to uh, let us know what you think about our show. The uh, feedback that you give us is so valuable. 
All right, as uh, we move forward, just had a good phone call there a moment ago from Tony from Tuskegee talking all things uh, A-Day and, and kind of what the future is of Auburn football. And obviously a lot that goes into that revolves around the quarterback position. Uh, Auburn's got to make a decision come fall camp. Who's going to be the guy who's going to be under center? Is it T.J. Finley, who was the leader of the program following Bo Nix's departure and who played some games following Bo Nix's ankle injury last season? Is it going to be the Oregon transfer, Robbie Ashford, the AM transfer, Zach Calzada? Is it Holden Gardner, who's a true freshman coming into the program? Luke, do you have any A-Day or, or just Auburn football thoughts that have been going through your head? Well, like we've been talking about so far on the show, it's kind of hard to judge A-Day because it's, it's A-Day and not that much is going on in the game itself. But looking at the three quarterbacks who did play, TJ, Holden, and Ashford, Ashford, in my opinion, looked the most comfortable out there. But again, that's just based off of A day. And at the end of the day, start on September 3rd, who you want starting out there is the best quarterback that Brian Harris would want. Who's going to be the most comfortable out there with the offensive line? Um, who's the most game ready? Not You could say who you want to be the most experienced out there, but obviously Holden coming as a true freshman. But I think um, coming into uh, the start of the season, you just want whoever can live up to the – live up to what their expectations are and just play. Yeah, and I, one thing that I want to see from the quarterback, and, and this kind of goes back to T.J. Finley, if it is T.J. Finley, some of the improvements that I want to see out of him and then what I need to see from whoever is the quarterback back there is just the ability to read what the defense is doing because in this offensive system, this is not – this is not the Malzahn system where the play is called and it is what it is, and you know it's you know typically going to be something off of a run pass option type deal. This is actually an offense where a quarterback has to be able to look and diagnose what's going on out in front of him, and be able to make those changes, those split second changes to uh, whatever disguise the defense are doing, or any switches, any audibles, different things. I mean, there's a lot more responsibility with the quarterback. The one thing that I noticed with T.J. Finley, especially in that Alabama game, there's a lot of times he looked lost. He looked like he had no idea what was going on in front of him, and it was just kind of try to get a ball out there to somebody. But, I mean, if you just kind of looked at his face and his eyes, it didn't look like he was diagnosing much of anything. Yeah, he didn't look comfortable. He kind of looked like a deer in the headlights and just didn't know what he was looking at. If Finley's going to be the guy going forward, you've got to be able to see that little bit more confidence that he knows what he's looking at. He knows how to diagnose what is going on in front of him and be able to make those split-second decisions. Uh, I need to see that out of any quarterback. If you're going to thrive in this system, that's what you've got to be able to do. Uh, I think that's one thing for all the knocks on Bo Nix. I think that's one thing that Bo Nix was able to do is sit there and, and figure out what was going on in front of him you know, uh, and he was for the most part successful until he got hurt. Um, so I mean, that's some of the things. But I, I Ashford, yeah, I mean, he he had some great plays in a day, but I, it's a day, and I just I I just hate to put a whole lot of stock in anything that happens in a day because it's just, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's just it's a practice, and and. You know, maybe he had a great game in A-Day, but I don't know what he's been doing the rest of the time. I mean, he may have been stinking up the whole place until all of a sudden he gets to A-Day and we're like, wow, okay, the kid just did something. 
I, I don't know. But uh, you just that's one of those things. You just kind of have to put that trust in Brian Harson and that staff that you're going to put the best people out there. Well, and I can't remember who it was that was quoted as saying that someone on the defense that played uh, a lot on Saturday was talking about how easy it was to stop the run for them because, well, they know all of Auburn's yeah, run plays because who's going to know Auburn's plays better than their Auburn's offense and Auburn's defense Sure, because that's what they practice against. And so, uh, you know, you could turn that around and say, well, you know, the quarterbacks are going to know what defensive look that is from Auburn's team because yeah. they go up, up against in practice. So you could, you could just, you know, talk yourself to death into, you know, there's this and this and this it's all different from what you see in a, in a normal game and so I think the reality for Auburn at the quarterback position is they need TJ Finley to improve because yeah. if he wins this job because no one else got up to the level we saw last year that's pretty concerning because yeah. the TJ Finley that played for Auburn at the end of last year is not going to get you to a great record this year. It's not going to get you a vast improvement. But uh, this is the first development test, really, of the coaching staff. And I say first, there was a, there was some of that definitely in Bonex, and I think you saw the best Bonex you saw last year was under Brian Harson. So I think in some ways that was truly a test at least a warm-up test but this is somebody that will be year two in auburn system with tj finley um you've got guys that are now really young involved here that were recruited by harson and particularly gurner and you really want somebody to win this job not because they're everyone else is less but because somebody is more more adept at this, more adept at that, more precise, uh, more quick to react. And so, you, you know, you want that to be the case. And honestly, we just won't know that until you play a game like Penn State and you play a game like LSU. You just won't know that because, you know, admittedly, we will start to we will have conversations in August about how excited we are to see this, this, and this, and someone will get named the starter at some point in August, and we'll say, well, let's see how they do against this bad team, and we'll see how they do against uh, you know this FCS team. But the reality is, Auburn destroyed their FCS competition and their smaller conference competition last year, and it really did not matter. Uh, you know they they really had tough go of things so the bottom line is you know yeah it's gonna be really excited on september 3rd i believe it's mercer that auburn starts with but even that is not necessarily going to be an indicator because until they play penn state about three weeks in they're not going up against sec quality teams and they're not you know even if you said okay well that is you know some group of five teams are good yeah but not san jose state <laughs> you know that's that's not somebody that's going to win anything in the sec so if you were going up against cincinnati that'd be a little different but um you know the, the reality is we won't really know about this thing until we get well into september and it requires a lot of patience you want to always try and read into things but there's a lot of competing to be done and i think it goes back to what harson said afterwards he said there's a lot of competition here and there's a lot of people that are playing really hard and at this stage that's all you can ask out of everybody because no like i said nobody's going to win a championship in april and, and nobody is is going to become a heisman winner in april but those habits that are formed now will help you through the season. They'll help you determine who truly should be starting, who truly has the best chance to help you win. 
And, and at the end of the day, that's what Auburn's going to have to go with until they get into the meat of their schedule. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of our program talking all things Auburn football and uh, everything else going on in the wide world of sports. We've got a pretty awesome bracket that we want to give you the latest on here in uh, in just a few moments. Luke Flurry's been hanging out with us here today. Luke, we appreciate you stopping by. Mm-hmm. Grateful for everything that you do, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here. That was a good time today. Um, always, always fun to be on the show, talk sports, talk Auburn baseball, MLB, of course, A-Day. Yeah. The whole QB controversy, but it'll be interesting. It'll be fun to see throughout the summer. Best of luck to your Blue Jays and uh, Jays. Hawks, <laughs> Hawks and Hornets, man. We uh, excited to see how that play-in game goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared about it, but go Hawks. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. We'll take a break. We're back with more sports call coming up in just a moment. This is Tiger 95.9 FM. have your attention please ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention we're auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show my name is my name is my name is sports call on tiger 95.9 i'm trevon reed former auburn tiger football player national champion you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Welcome back into Auburn's first Auburn's favorite sports talk show. This is Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson here inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Tom Peavy. Let's give you a little Auburn basketball news to be aware of right now. As, of course, over the weekend we saw Auburn release their video with Walker Kessler as he was saying his goodbyes to the Plains after one season. Uh, But big news that uh, Auburn undercover and folks have been able to learn that Auburn basketball is going to be hosting Johnny Broom this upcoming weekend. A Moorhead State transfer who ranked third in the entire country last year in blocks per game at 3.85 blocks per game. A school record 131 blocks. He was the Ohio Valley Conference Defensive Player of the Year. Number three in the country, finishing behind only Walker Kessler who was second. And then Jamarian Sharp at Western Kentucky was first in the entire country in blocks per game. But uh, look, uh, Bruce Pearl and the Auburn Tigers saw what it looked did to your defense when you've got an anchor underneath. And yes, you're bringing in a 6'10 freshman uh, who was originally committed to LSU. You're visiting with Julian Phillips, another LSU target that's now talking to Auburn as well. But here's an established college basketball player 
not playing at the best six level, uh, power five level in college basketball, uh, and then including the Big East there in the basketball perspective. But uh, nonetheless, the Ohio Valley Conference Defensive Player of the Year and Johnny Broom, Ryan. And what I'm also liking about uh, him is that uh, he averages a double-double. So with you know 17 points a game, 10 and a half rebounds with those four blocks a game. So seem to do everything well. Now obviously we get it. I know we can go to spiel about OVC, blah blah blah, blah 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 blah. But I mean that's the reality is that these top players from conferences like the OVC are committing and playing at major conference schools and having impacts. I obviously we know the impacts the guys at Auburn did, like Wendell Green Jr. from Eastern Kentucky, but you know Kellen Grady at, at uh, not Gonzaga, at Kentucky, and there's going to be a lot of guys that come up from these conferences that play a big role. Kevin Obanor or O'Banner, however you say that, from Oral Roberts, the Cinderella from two years ago, the the guy with Max Aismas in the backcourt. Obanor goes to Texas Tech and starts on a Sweet 16 team and a team that was ranked in the top 10 at times this year. So these type of guys are exactly the type of guys. They get a little overlooked. They have big collegiate careers at the smaller schools, and they earn the right to play at a bigger school. And uh, this would be really exciting. 6'10", so uh, pretty tall, 235, Plant, uh, Plant City, Florida, out of Tampa Catholic. So, um, you know, this guy – you know, I like what I see from the standpoint of it looks like he fills out fills out all the uh, major statistical categories and um, Kentucky, yeah. Gonzaga, Texas Tech, LSU, Houston, Alabama, and Arkansas. His last game of his career with Moorhead State in the OVC championship game against Murray State. Did he play pretty well, Ryan? I'd say so. 32, 32 points. points. Uh, so, I, like I said, I like that there, there's an offensive element to him. It would be impossible to project everything offensively until he started playing a little Say bit. Say that again. Impossible to project <laughs> yeah. exactly what he'd be offensively. Please remember that. Uh-huh. But uh, I like the potential of it because, you know, at, for as, as great as Walker was – there wasn't really a lot of possessions where you felt like you could run the offense through Walker. Sure, he'd screen, but it wasn't like he was going to have a great post move for you on a given right. possession. Uh, obviously, struggled with his three ball. So a lot of his points came at dunks and layups around the rim. So if you got somebody like Broom that could be similar to Kessler, it's going to be really hard to have that same production although he was third in the country so he's up there but if he offered the same type of presence defensively with it even a better offensive game that would be that would be a huge get according to 24 7 sports johnny broom is the number two rated available transfer moorhead state faced auburn in the regular season opener this past season broom had 12 points and eight rebounds but shot a season low 33 percent he was going up Probably against bothered, Walker but, Kessler yeah. and Jabari Smith. Uh, while we're talking about basketball recruiting, also of note, uh, a few days ago, one of the nation's top uh, freshmen from class of 2023 has Auburn in his top five. So uh, Kwame Evans Jr., uh, he's a out of Florida, class of 2023, five-star forward. So not a freshman then? 
2023 would 22, be graduating. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm, oh, coming into the next season. Be coming in. Okay, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Not a transfer. I thought you were saying like a high school freshman. And oh, I'm no, like, no, no, no. They're still a ways off. No. <laughs> uh, not yet. Class of 2023 he means he's about to start a senior year. Right. And, well, okay. He Not a transfer type yes, guy. Yes, gotcha. Um, a guy that would be a freshman at Auburn if he comes here. Um, uh, uh, yeah, five-star forward Kwame Evans Jr., uh, top five of Auburn, Indiana, Oregon, Kentucky, UCLA. He is the number two best player nationally and the number one power forward in the country out of Florida. And Auburn's in the top Gotta five. Got to get after it. Got to so, get after it and build the roster. There you go. And that's what, uh, that's what the Tigers are doing. All right, we, we talked about this a little bit ago, but uh, a while back – we were having this big, great sports movie bracket debate, and we're ready to bring this to life. We're ready to get this thing going, and we've got it created officially. We've had it created officially for two years now. However, what we've never done is we've never put it in bracket form, and finally, Austin Scott, who does everything, like literally everything, Austin Scott was able to uh, put it on paper for us. And Tom, you're looking over it now. I don't want to give everything away, but uh, I'm excited that we're going to get some input from our listeners on how to fill this thing out. Sure. Uh, my only thing looking through this list, there's some of these movies that I've never seen. Correct. We're uh, in this. Remember, we we were would seem having to, hard to get a vote. Then look, it's 64 movies, right? This is the real thing. Like, we put real work into this thing. Sure. And, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be difficult. We earlier... Hey, Glory Road. What is that? Are you serious? Oh, come on, Tom. That's about That's Texas, Texas Western. That's Texas Western, the basketball movie. First all-black starting five. Oh, okay. Won the uh, national championship. Beat Kentucky. I, Great movie. I, I, I mean, I I know what you're talking about. Right. I didn't uh, know that movie yeah. was called Glory Road. So if I just like see the movie, if I just see Glory, Glory Road, Road, that's I'm fair. Like, we'll have a I, picture for people. We'll, we'll make know, it. We'll make it easier for them to uh, to be in the loop. But uh, yeah, no, we're really looking forward to this. There was, you know, earlier we talked about some of our favorite matchups, but we've got a, a major league versus Talladega Knights matchup. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. And people are going to have to make is, a decision. That's a really tough that, call there. Man. Look, I think that we, we, we all voted on it and it averaged out. So Yeah. The seedings are based some on people our Some people are going to be like, this is unbelievably terrible seeding, and some people are going right. to be like, oh, And that's yeah, what you debate, but, and then you're going to pick a winner, yeah. and we're going to move on, and it's going to be great. It's going to be absolutely great. Sandlot and Benchwarmers is a matchup. Uh, I love the Benchwarmers. I love that movie so much, but I'm aware of the fact that Sandlot is an absolute classic. Well, there's a reason why that's a three seed against a 30 seed. Right. Uh, Caddyshack versus the Little Giants. Two classics. Yeah, I'll tell you Just, which one I'm voting for. Yeah. Close. yeah, that. Yeah, I, and I love the Little I, Giants. I quote. I quote one of those around the office frequently. Yeah. So that Little Giants was really cool for what it was with Icebox and all that, but. I mean, come on, it's Caddyshack. Uh, remember the Titans versus Like Mike? Like Mike is underseated here. This is our That's, two versus 31 matchup on one side. Yeah, see, like, and, like Mike is another one of those. I have no idea. I'm assuming Mike Tyson. No. No, <laughs> sure not. What is this like is a basketball Mike? movie. So. It's a, is it Disney, would you say? Oh, is like, this a is Michael it, Jordan oh, thing? Oh, oh. Yes, uh, a kid gets some shoes. Oh. Um, and I want to be like Mike is what Bow he says. Wow. It's Bow, Bow Wow when he's young. that plays um, in it. And then, you Jesus. know, he's an epic basketball player. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you, JJ, I'll tell you what. From it, 2002. Maybe it's underseated. Maybe it's not. It ain't getting out of the first round. 
Do you want to do some? Br- the do you want me to do some bracketology? About this? <laughs> yeah. no, ain't getting out of the first round. All right, and then uh, Bull Durham and Trouble with the Curve, another matchup we wanted to highlight for you. I, uh, a classic against not really a classic. Yeah. Trouble, Trouble with, with the Curve, curve is a cool fun. movie, though. Yeah. I think, sure, it's a cool yeah, movie. Yeah, but Bull Durham, but Durham has is, been, is still remembered 30 years later. Yeah. Trouble with the Curve, I doubt, will be remembered in 30 years. Well, that's coming I mean, a little bit later in the week for I mean, people to be able to vote I on mean, a matchup. JJ's gonna, JJ disagrees with uh, both of us yeah. right now. I mean, on, you still literally have he, the team called the Durham Bulls. Right, which are in a city that you like. I allegedly. do like that city, so yeah, they, and I they, like that state. Yeah. They still even have the big bull. Right. <laughs> Outside of, I mean, gee, I mean, come on. Kevin Costner and, and anything is good, but sports movies. Kevin Costner is, is prime. Kevin Costner. Yeah, he needs to stay away from the Waterworld type stuff and stick with sports. You didn't like Waterworld? That was terrible. Really? Okay. Yeah, Waterworld's awful. I liked Waterworld. You're weird. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Are you? Uh, essentially, act, yeah, like a fantasy action. Well, is essentially, it? like the world has almost come to an end, and people to try and still survive have like kind of mutated a little bit not it's not like it's not funky you still look like a human uh but uh like some people can breathe through water some Mm -hmm. people can't and but the humans that still remain that are normal kind of cast out those people they think they need to be eradicated basically and kevin costner's character can breathe underwater he basically has gills or whatever you want to call it but you can't there's not like some weird thing that you see with him all the time he still looks exactly like a human and so it's kevin costner that got us to that thought or how yeah, did he's it? The, he's the star of that movie, well because yeah. he was the main one of the main characters in bull Durham. right okay yeah and so how did and, and how, how did we bring I'm up a, water world I'm, though he said tom said kevin costner should not stick with sports like water world yeah oh okay 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 I mean, bull Durham, but you were okay with that movie i liked water world yeah I mean, would you just think, I mean, uh, Kevin Costner, uh, Bull Durham, Tin Cup, um, uh, Field of Dreams. And despite uh, Tom not game. liking Waterworld, uh, you still perfect, like Tom. Yeah. Huh? Despite Tom not liking Waterworld, you still like Tom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People are allowed to disagree. Right. I love it. I love it. He's it's, just, he, Costner's really good in sports movies. Right. But I will say, and I have not watched this one, I hear that he is tremendous and, uh, and uh what's the what's the show going on right now that's huge yellowstone yellowstone oh, okay See, i haven't watched a single series of that i heard I, you know a lot of people are obsessed he, with yellowstone though yeah well see he was he was really good in uh the hatfields and mccoys when that series was uh-huh. going um and i'll tell you what another one as i start to remember that i actually like kevin costner in anything um so, well, there was, I'll tell you what, another movie, too, is Draft Day. He was the general manager that traded, like, a million first round. It was – anyway. Uh, but uh, another one that uh, he was really good in – oh, no, I think I forgot it. Oh, boy. He's 67 years old. Yeah, no, he's not young. He is not young. How – How is – Oh, um, I remember it. It's uh, – he was with Woody Harrelson – a couple years ago, it is kind of crazy. He he was with Woody Harrelson a couple years ago in a movie called The Highwaymen, which is about catching Bonnie and Clyde, which was quite good. I did that for a movie Monday, uh, not too long ago. Check it out, Movie yeah. Mondays, Tiger FM. The Highwaymen's a good movie. Um, How is Field of Dreams only a seven seed? Field of Dreams and Bull Durham. He was in both of those. I didn't really connect those dots. He's a good actor. That's pretty iconic. 
I like that. I, I can't believe Field of Dreams is only a seven seed on here. That's, Our, that's I'm just amazing. ready for people to see this bracket finally. Yeah. We got to continue to promote this. It's the great sports movie bracket. That's there. Okay, I I do have a question. Uh, on the left side of the bracket, the four seed, it says the Naturals. Is that the natural? I hope. Yeah. And Correct. we just accidentally put an S on Correct. Yeah. We will make those corrections. Okay. Nobody will see this. Thank <laughs> you for bringing that to Everyone our attention. Everyone will hear that. This is a mock radio. that you're yeah. looking at. Okay. So the natural. Yeah. Uh, man. I'm voting that one far. I promise you uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is like one of the most yeah. iconic baseball. Yeah. Ones. I'm voting that one for a while. So that's what I'm like. Mm, I'm, I'm What's it here? going up against? Semi-pro in the first round. Yeah, well, semi-pro will never become a pro. It's out in the first yeah. round. Aha! <laughs> I'm just, but I'm like looking at the seeding and, uh, man, the natural is a four seed. See, I would have put it. Uh, you've got Moneyball as your top seed in the in the left side of the bracket. Is it? Yeah, that's pretty unbelievable. I I don't know. I you know I'm starting to doubt if we actually had a group. Uh, I could pull seed. up the results. I, I really hope can. I didn't vote for it that high. Maybe it was too recent. Maybe I saw it because I voted it too high. I mean, Creed is the number two seed on that side of the bracket. Sounds like some recency bias. What and Brian's song is the three seed. Uh, that's not me as recency bias, but first two, very recent. Yeah. See, I'd, I'd almost have, I'd almost have the natural as the one seed. And that, I mean that. that well, is, maybe it just has an easy time through the bracket then as four. Maybe. Well, when, then I'm I looking mean, that, forward to this when it officially J- posts. J- I'm J- looking J- forward that, to that, instead of Joey brackets, yeah. Ryan brackets, and Tommy brackets. I mean, when you when you talk about just overall all time iconic baseball movies, The Natural is it, not Moneyball. <laughs> <laughs> well. What we have to look forward to is the one and only Cole Kubelik, Tom. He's going to join us here at the top of the hour. To talk football, To talk football, which is pretty awesome. We're thrilled about that. Ryan, we'll talk to you in just a few moments, okay? All right. All right. Alongside Ryan LaVoy and Tom PV, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started today on this Monday. Thanks for listening. WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson from inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Ryan LaVoy. Honored to go to our phone lines and uh, bring on a good friend of the program, Cole Kubelik of the SCC Network and Jocks 94.5 joining us here on today's show to talk all things spring football. Cole, we appreciate the time as always. Uh, how'd you enjoy your trip up to to the Plains and for that spring game on Saturday. Oh, it was, it was great. Always great to be back in town. And especially, you know, had the wife and three kids all down there with me. Seemed so. like the kiddos had a good time from some of those photos. 
Yeah, I think they're the best part was probably getting ice cream at Tumor's Corner, but uh, <laughs> you know, maybe one day they'll realize being on the field before the spring game is pretty cool too. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's get into it. Kind of tell me because uh, you obviously talk about this a lot every day with your radio show, and you've been covering football for many many years and played the sport as well. What kind of expectations did you have for the event going into it? Uh, you know, I, I knew it was going to be quick, and, and I knew we probably weren't going to get a lot of reps just because of the way that Coach Harson was going to set it up. So I was very interested to see exactly what we did get and what we would learn. Yeah. And I, I thought I was able to get some nice takeaways. You know, the receiver yeah. position is a massive yeah. question, Mark. Yeah. I, you guys don't need me to tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought from what we saw from Javaris Dawson, pretty impressive yeah. there. Javaris Johnson was also uh, a guy that, that's not necessarily competing, but I think that we're going to be able to rely on in the fall. Jay Fair, early enrollee, made a couple of plays. Cedric Jackson's kind of been the leader of that group throughout spring football, and, and he kind of showed what he's going to be capable of doing. Landon King bumps out from tight end, gives you a bigger, more physical body out on the perimeter that I think now is going to be able to help you in red zone situations and and, and different situations that you might not have a bigger body that can help you out and and bail you out a couple different times a game. And Caught the one touchdown pass, a back shoulder throw from Holden Garner and and kind of showed you what he'll be able to give you there. I, I saw Landon in fall practice last year and kind of thought to myself immediately, man, this kid is athletic, he's fast got good flexibility he might be able to help and just got to see a little bit of him late in the season last year but now I think he might be somebody who could really help you and then you know Malcolm Johnson a young man that's got elite speed big time speed but just kind of needs to learn how to play receiver a little bit more a guy that didn't get his senior year of high school football because of COVID still learning the position still trying to grow a little bit more so that was one of the bigger positions that I was interested to see how it would play out and I think we got a couple of those questions answered so very limited amount of snaps, but from what we did get, I thought we got a peek into a few guys that are maybe going to contribute that we haven't spent a ton of time talking about since the end of last season. Uh, Cole, everybody around here obviously wants to know about the quarterback position. Uh, Robbie Ashford uh, looked pretty good there in A Day. Obviously, it's A Day. You can only take so much from it, but just your kind of takeaways from quarterback position, what you're looking forward, uh, looking to going forward in this quarterback battle. Well, let's start with Robbie Ashford because I'll, I'll say this, uh, and I, I, I went to practice a couple of times during the spring. Um, Robbie Ashford is going to help Auburn this fall. I, I'm not sure that he'll end up being the starting quarterback, but he will have a role, and that may only be playing quarterback. It may be along the lines of a, of a trade burden at Florida, if you guys remember what he used to offer, or you know, if you put South Carolina's film on and you see Jaheen Bell, I think that would be the role for a Robbie Ashford where he may really be able to make some money one day. Um, I don't know if he's going to be Auburn's starting quarterback. Now, the good news is Brian Harson told us he got better every single day. He said first day of spring ball, there was some deer in headlight looks, and they were kind of concerned, didn't really know what he was going to be able to offer. But he worked it. He went out, gave good effort, uh, paid attention, um, you know, kind of soaked up the information that he needed to and got better each and every day. And you saw he looked pretty good against the first defense Saturday afternoon in the spring game. He also hasn't played a ton. You know, he was banged up at Hoover a little bit. He goes to Oregon, obviously not going to be a starting quarterback there. Uh, so now he comes in, and, and thankfully Calzada for him, thankfully for him Calzada's a little bit nicked up and not getting all the reps, and he's had a chance to grow a little bit. He's gotten some of those developmental reps. But either way, I'll just say this right now. Robbie Ashford will help Auburn this fall. That, that's going to happen. I thought TJ looked better. I thought he looked more comfortable. And it's weird to say it because he hasn't been in Auburn, Alabama that long. I mean, he's the old veteran of the group. 
he's the guy that has the best command on the offense. He, he's the quarterback that knows things better than anybody else. And there's a few things technically, fundamentally, he's got to work on. You know, his delivery, his footwork, sits on that back foot a little bit too often. Got to continue to learn how to drive into, the, into those throws and not let the ball sail on him. But he's a young man that I think you saw some of the touchdown the field. He's got the arm strength. He's got decent mobility. And if he can operate the offense best, he's going to have a great chance to win the job. I, I think people are underselling how critical it is, how important it is for T.J. Finley to basically be out there and be the guy all spring. I, mean, I can tell you, I was injured going into my senior year, and I missed spring ball. Uh, ben Allen took my position from me. I had to fight and scratch and call to just get it back towards the end of my senior year. So it is a huge advantage for T.J. Finley to be out there and be the number one quarterback for the majority of reps and to be the veteran in the room. And, and Coach Harson told us, he said he's quizzing the other quarterbacks, he's helping those guys out, showing a ton of leadership, trying to help them better understand things and how to operate this offense. So. I think T.J. Finley's got a big leg up. Calzada is, is obviously going to push him and has a chance to be to win and be the starter. But, man, T.J. Finley having this spring to himself is absolutely massive. What's it like for you to see uh, Jimmy Brumbaugh back as, uh, the, as the position coach, the D-line coach for Auburn football? Well, first thing, especially being out there on the, on the field in the stadium, you know, brings back a lot of memories of he and I fighting back in the day because <laughs> I think Jimmy and I, Jimmy and I would fight uh, at least – Two, three times a week. You know, oh, wow. he played nose guard. I played center. And, you know, Jimmy is the nicest guy, the best demeanor, calm demeanor off the field. But he was a hell of a football player. And then he and I had some battles, and we got into it often. And thankfully, he was the kind of guy that as soon as it was over, it was over, and he didn't carry a grudge. But I'm, I'm thrilled to have Jimmy back. And I think a lot of the turnaround that you've seen in recruiting over the last month or two, I think Jimmy is responsible for a lot of that. Um, and then obviously he's got, you know, a guy like Jason Jones has come in via the portal that he's going to be able to develop. But I know he's excited to be back in Auburn. Uh, I talked to his wife at practice the other day. She's excited to be back. You know, he, he's a guy that it means a lot, and, and, and Auburn means a lot to him. So to have him back out there is just really cool. And, and to have the experience of being at Tennessee, being at Kentucky, being at Oregon, under different head coaches, and just seeing different ways to operate, it's a big deal, and uh, I'm thrilled for him and his family. We're talking with Cole Kublik from the SEC Network here on Sports Call, and uh, Cole, obviously this off season, a lot of controversy uh, surrounding this, the the Auburn program and Coach Harson in particular. We don't have to rehash all that, but one of the things that I've heard a lot of players say is they feel like Brian Harson is kind of a different guy this year. It seems like uh, maybe more relatable things like that nature. You saw this team last year. You were around Brian Harson last year. You got a chance to see him at A Day. Are you seeing a new Brian Harson? Does it seem like he? He's being more relatable, or, or does it just seem like uh, the same Brian Harson that uh, you know, kind of the business business first type guy? Um, I I think. Listen, what took place? There's no way that it could not affect you. Um, now I'll say this: I, I have I, I feel like I knew Coach Harson fairly well before all that happened. But one thing that I have, I guess a couple of things that I've learned even more of is just his resiliency, his focus more than anything else. And you guys saw it if you watched the game, the television broadcast. You know, I, I kind of tried to lighten him up and have some fun with him a little bit, but everything is it's coaching point, it's detail, it's organization. That's just that's who he is. And so I think this has forced him to maybe just jump into football even more. And I don't know if that was really possible, but, you know, he's put even more focus, more drive, more determination into being Auburn's head football coach. And, and that's a positive, one of the positives that may come out of it. 
And past him, I, I think the team has sort of rallied around it. I think a lot of the teams saw what was happening to their coach and didn't like it and kind of took the us-against-the-world mentality. And thankfully, the leadership of guys like John Samuel Shanker and Derek Hall and Nick Brahms and other guys on that team uh, have been able to come together and, and want to go out and try to prove people wrong and try to go win games. But what have I learned about Coach Harson through that? Just that you know he is, he is still football first, and he is laser-focused, and he is determined, and he is organized, and his way is, is how he's going to live or die because he believes in, in how he has built teams, built programs in the past is the way it should be done. And he believes that that can work at Auburn. So I think we've seen the team come together. He's added some more, I guess, entertaining or fun drills and periods throughout practice, which I think has loosened the guys up a little bit. And then obviously recruiting has turned around a little bit over the last month and a half. So I think things are heading in the right direction. You can't forget it. You won't forget it. You can't act like it didn't happen. But I don't think it's taken anything away from the kind of football coach that Brian Harson is or is going to be at Auburn. All right, Cole. And uh, switching to uh, football is football, but sometimes in life there's a lot more serious matters. And uh, you and I were in school here at Auburn at the same time, which means I was also here at the same time with Jeff Klein. Uh, Jeff's obviously uh, a former Auburn quarterback going through some uh, health stuff right now. Uh, You guys know each other very well. You mentioned him on the uh, broadcast of A-Day. Tell us a little bit about Jeff Klein, uh, the situation that's going on, and uh, and how Auburn fans and all can uh, help support Jeff Klein and his family as they go through this uh, tough time. Jeff was was one of the more interesting, fun guys to be around while I was at Auburn, always having a good time, joking around. Uh, Even when you were on the field with him, he was entertaining and a guy that you love kind of just having on your side. And you know, had a huge arm, was, was a gunslinger-type quarterback, and you know, he was, he was going to have a good time no matter what. And sometimes that'd be making fun of you. Sometimes that'd be him being made fun of, and, and he was always going to laugh it off. And just a, a great friend, now a great husband and a great dad. And I think the thing that, that makes this extremely hard for me is you know, his three boys are all about six months younger than my three. And I, I keep playing that game where mentally I can't help but put myself in that situation and said, man, like this could be me. This could easily be me because this happened in about a three-week span. About four weeks ago, you know, Jeff goes to the chiropractor because his back's hurting. Two weeks later, he's going to the hospital. And a week after that, he's in intensive care uh, at the stroke center in Columbus. Yeah. Um, he's been diagnosed with cancer now. They've moved him to UAB here in Birmingham and still on life support. You know, he's still struggling. He's not overly responsive. And it's going to be a long, tough road um, either way. And we're just hoping that we can get to the bottom of what kind of cancer it is so we can begin to treat it and hopefully get him back responsive and get him back home with his family because Adrian and those three boys need him. And I think that's the part that's just the hard, the hard reality is that, you know, they don't have their dad. She doesn't have her husband right now. And those three boys are all under seven years old. So that, that is a – that is a tough pill to swallow for anybody that, that that has paid attention to it, that has kids of their own, or that knows somebody that's been through cancer. It's not fun. It's not easy. And we just want to try to help her, try to help those boys. Uh, the GoFundMe is out there everywhere. It's at the top of my Twitter feed. I've pinned it. Um, you can search Jeff Klein on GoFundMe site. And listen, we we hit almost $120,000 in three days. And the goal's been bumped up to $200,000 because this is not something that is going to go away when and if Jeff gets out of the hospital. Um, you know, this is this is going to carry on for a long time. They're going to need support for a long time. You know, he was on a 10-month contract there at Lochapoca High School, so there's some uncertainty as to just 
what's going to happen with his employment status and his pay. So there's a, there's a lot going on for Adrian, and it's just very difficult for her right now. So any help is greatly appreciated. I don't care if you just go like the tweet or if you if you copy the link to the GoFundMe and put it on your Facebook page. Anything helps. Just kind of spread the word and allow more people to help. Over a thousand people have donated, and that's incredible. And a large portion of that is attributed to the Auburn family. How great they are, how special they are, how much people care. You saw. I mean, you go look at the names. You'll see former teammates. You'll see former coaches. You'll see coaches and players from other teams. You'll see guys he played with in high school, guys he coached in high school. He meant a lot to a lot of people. So we now we've got to step up and try to help him and his family, and hopefully we can continue to do that. We certainly will. It's uh, Cole Kublik, SEC Network, Jocks 94.5, Mac and Cube in the morning. Follow him on Twitter, at Cole Kublik. We always appreciate the time. I know you got a busy schedule, so uh, thank you for joining us here on the Plains today, Cole. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Have a, have a good afternoon. All right, that's Cole, our buddy Cole Kubelik joining us there on the show. Really do enjoy catching up with him. Enjoyed seeing him in Jordan Hare. His kids really did. It looked like they were having an amazing time yeah. on the field. Uh, and uh, But again, if the Jeff Klein situation, of course, uh, the GoFundMe page, they're pinned to the top of Cole Kubelik's profile. And uh, anything you could do to help out certainly means a lot to the Klein family. This is Sports Call. We'll take a quick break. We're back with more right after this. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Now, back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy and Ryan Lavoy. We've got best and worst of the weekend coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, again, thanks to Cole Kubelik for joining us here on the show, kind of giving us a rundown of uh, Auburn football's spring game. And he was quick to point out, look, no quarterback won the job, so to speak. But Robbie sure. Ashford is going to help this team. And then obviously talking about quarterbacks, Jeff Klein, one of the quarterbacks for the Auburn Tigers, early 2000s, no. and currently the head coach right. of Lochapoca High School. Or is he just a, one of the He's an offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator um, he's the head baseball coach. That's what it was. Okay. Head baseball coach at Lochapoca, offensive coordinator for Lochapoca football, uh, quarterback here um, starting in 1999 and uh, through his career. And uh, was it, yeah, I mean, he was a good football player here. But uh, yeah, going through some. Currently on life support at the Birmingham Hospital, as he yeah. said, and, and trying to figure out what exactly is taking place. A GoFundMe page pinned to the top of Cole Kubelik's profile. Uh, we're going to repost that here on Sports Call as yeah. well because that's what he said. I mean, even a, a share on your Facebook page sure. helps, and, and obviously any financial contributions as well could go with that. School employees, look, I know this being the parent of an educator – you really are until you get to the higher ed portion of it. You're a 10-month employee. Right. 10 months out of the year, you get a paycheck. Two months, you don't. And so uh, for, for his wife to be raising three sons all under the age of seven with the financial uh, things that go with that in the medical world, it's it's difficult. So anything can help them out, that's for sure. And, and also, you know, just to be honest, I mean, Lee County school systems and, you know, 
that's not a huge high paying job anyway um so yeah i mean it's going to be a huge financial struggle right there for that family so yeah hoping open for the best hoping that the great doctors up there in birmingham can kind of figure out what's going on and get some treatment going for that but uh yeah right now it just sounds very gloom and uh yeah like cole said any help is big help uh, i mean you're 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 not just helping you're, you're not just helping jeff klein you're helping his wife and the three kids so i mean it, it's it's important Let's talk a little bit more about uh, Cole Kublick and his comments on, on Auburn football going sure. into the season. And again, as he was saying, Jimmy Brumball being the defensive line coach uh, now for the Tigers. And that was the nose tackle when, when he was the center and uh, in their college days. Man, you could see those one-on-ones in your head mentally of how aggressive and passionate those matchups would be. But really impressed with what he saw out of T.J. Finley taking another step forward, but then more so Robbie Ashford and saying Robbie Ashford will help that football team. It does not mean he's going to be the starting quarterback, but in some form or fashion, he'll help. And and obviously we've seen uh, last year, to to be specific, Bo Nix goes down. You need a backup quarterback that's ready to step in and help you win games, but also just in the locker room, in the film room, and and trying to learn. And that's the one thing that Cole Kublik in his – you know, conferences and conversations with Brian Harson and this coaching staff in one-on-one settings, the number one thing that they were most impressed with by Robbie Ashford was how quickly to the Bucks he went in trying to learn this offense. Yeah, and look, we all know that competition can be how a backup can help the starter, but also it's just really hard in college football to have multiple quarterbacks that you like. For an extended period of time it just is because quarterback is the one position where there's really only one of you know there's multiple wide receivers there's multiple offensive linemen you will have multiple running backs get on the field in some capacity but there's just not a way really to get two qbs relevant reps you know there's not and so the only time that you feel that you might have that is if you've got a really young guy in the fold for his first or second year that hasn't you know decided to leave yet or you have somebody that just transferred from somewhere else that is of of relevance or of importance and obviously with auburn having this big job i mean i'm not sure of how many qb battles are four deep right now at a major school and so it's obviously got more guys in it now that's also why we keep kind of saying somebody's going to end up transferring before the first snap of the season because there can't be four guys with a week left still in the mix if that's the case then i don't know you know i i don't know if too many battles i had three or four with a couple week uh-huh. left you know so that'd be real really odd but that's kind of why we feel somebody is going to end up walking again and through no fault they're all if you're fourth on the depth chart you know what's your path to being the quarterback it's it's not a, not an easy one so that that's just how it is uh especially in this day and age but uh yeah no i think obviously for right now you love the competition but as stated earlier you're gonna have to have development within that competition too it can't merely just be who's the least bad it has to be someone go and grab that position rather than just kind of having it fall in their lap 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger 9 to be a part of the program. Defensively, we know all the key players that are returning. The wide receiver position also one time that uh, has got to take steps forward because uh, Shedrick Jackson is the leader of this group. And with all due respect to Shedrick Jackson, 
that, that that's not the the premier sort of wide receiver that you're used to seeing in prolific college football offenses. So some of those younger guys need to step up. Yeah, uh, you're going to have to have younger guys step up. This is a man. I I, I always say we we normally say this when we're talking about the offensive line. The wide receiver situation is also kind of carryover of Gus Malzahn and and the lack of recruiting and getting the blue chip star guys at wide receiver uh and so right now you're trying to go with the guys that you have and Shedrick jackson is going to be your best guy uh he's got to elevate his game to the next level but yes yeah, some of these younger guys are going to have to do the same um until until harson and that staff can bring in the the stud receivers that are out there these guys are going to have to step up and uh it's it's a yeah, i mean it's a position that is uh, it's got to it's got to worry you, honestly, as, as an Auburn fan. I mean, like we said, you know, Shed Jackson, he's good, but he's not a guy that should be your number one wide receiver. But he is. I mean, he's going to be that. So yeah, you just got to see some guys step up. Um, I mean, really, all over the field, everybody's got to step up. Yeah, a lot of good o- pre- offensive line's going to have to step up. Uh, running backs are even going to have to step up their game. I mean, we know Tank Bigsby can be great, but you know he needs to go next level. Uh, some of these other running backs have got to go next level, and then on the wide receiver position, you really got to have some guys step up and and show some vast improvements. A lot of good press this week for uh, a guy like Xavier Capers, Capers, who was yeah. someone that uh, I loved his freshman season. He was more productive his freshman year than Kobe Hudson was. Right. But as we know, this past year, Kobe Hudson way, way, way more productive of the two in 2021. So good to see Capers kind of get back into the mix, and hopefully he's able to have a really solid. 2022 season for the Auburn Tigers at that wideout spot. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk with Cole Kubelik about if we hadn't been so pressed for time and had a break coming up and, and Cole Kubelik's a busy man. He's got other uh, radio hits that he has to jump off and go to. But one thing I wanted to bring up with him because it's been trending a little bit lately on his profile. But if you recall, the XFL, which is set to come back in 2023, The Rock buying a, a large stake into it and the XFL is now officially set up a partnership with the NFL so that it can be sort of a, a minor league, so to speak, sure. for the National Football League, which is super awesome. And you know the XFL then is likely to succeed. But when the XFL was back in 2020 and Trevon Reed's in the fold playing for the St. Louis Battlehawks, Cole Kublik and Tom Hart, those were the two main broadcasters. Right. And Kublik was having live in-game interviews as a part of the broadcast commentary. And right. so a lot of that has been trending on his profile this week, the past few days, because coming up on Saturday, here now five days away, the USFL is going to kick off on Fox. And there's a Birmingham Stallions team in place. And just would have loved to hear Cole's thoughts on a new sort of spring football league kicking off. But here it is going to kick off on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to I, I always look forward to football, even though, if, even though it might be not a good product on the field. Uh, it'll be fun to watch. I will be interested to see, though, the, the USFL's um, they're using a, a computer chip to mark uh, to more accurately mark where the placement of the ball is, uh-huh. uh, and they're thinking that that's a technology that might be able to become something in use 
uh, in college football and in NFL football if, right. if this technology works the way they're hoping it will work. Because it's one thing people have talked about a lot is instead of just using your eyeballs to, to mark where the ball is, it's like there's got to be some sort of technology out there that you can make this more accurate. And apparently USFL has that technology, and we'll see how accurate it is and if it's something that uh, can continue through football. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch the USFL and the Birmingham team is, is going to be in the fold. I was a Salt Lake City Stallions fan so please hosting be. this show. Uh-huh. Hosting, that's right. crazy for me to think about that I've been doing this that long. I'm getting old. You've seen um, an entire league just die and two come of back. Them. And, yeah. Two of them. That was the two. AAF. <laughs> so, so that was the, the AAF. Yeah. And then uh, they, they totally yeah. folded. And then the XFL is coming back, but they've certainly halted their operations for a good bit. And now the Birmingham Stallions yes. and the USFL are so in So will the you mix. please root for them? I don't know yet. Why? I don't know yet. Why? Okay, I'll root for them. Okay. Are we going to be Stallions fans together then, man? Yeah, Saturday night. Okay. Are you going to be a Stallions fan, Tom? Uh, sure. I, I need to make that my chore this try, weekend to watch to, a single down Saturday night, of Stallions yeah. football. Saturday night. Try to get Will eight. you watch a down? Yep. Fox or NBC. You've already planned it? You hadn't planned that far ahead to yeah, think no, about I that. Yeah, no, I plan on it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Talk to you then. So, I, no, the, I just thought of a problem, though, with it. It's when the Warriors play. So I don't know if I'll be able to. Um, yeah, we'll see. You can make it happen. Maybe well, you flip over at some point. We're on in the next sporting event. <laughs> yeah. So... In the 80s, when the original USFL came out, who was my favorite team? Oh, man. The uh, – the um, hold on. Let me think about it. Yeah, I'd like to hear this, JJ. Go ahead. The um, think Barking think, Spiders? Well, the what? The, the Barking Spiders? <laughs> what in the hell is a <laughs> barking spider? Do you, do you actually know what a barking tree spider is? What? <laughs> That's when you pass gas. <laughs> That's and what you... I thought it was. I really, I was like, isn't that a fart joke? That's but I wasn't. So uh, I wasn't. So I just went ahead and went with it and hoped that people would just overlook it. But okay, sounds like a good minor league baseball <laughs> name, isn't it? That would be, be hilarious. Have, have like a have like a tree <laughs> a fart noise with a well, spider no. and a little smoke coming out of the rear end of it. Oh, yeah. No, I was no, I was imagining literally like a barking spider. Like I was imagining a small little spider that making was a barking. barking noise. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that. That way it won't I, sneak up on me. I was get a I, spider bite. I was ninety one percent confident that it was the farting deal that I was thinking of, that I had heard the barking yeah. spider setting in. And why, what are the I other nine percent? I don't know why. Well. That's the correlation there. But your favorite USFL team in the eighties was not the barking spiders, uh, no. the Ninja Turtles. No. Close. JJ, that, all these teams that are currently here are the, those teams. It's the same teams. Oh, okay. Same logos. The Tampa Bay Bandits. Now, now there were there. So I, well, I was going to say there were some other teams also because you had like the Memphis Showboats. You had the. Uh, That's a cool name. Yeah, the Memphis Showboats. Uh, Los Angeles had the. Uh, was it the Renegades? The no, what is the I forget. Lost it. There was a team in Los Angeles. Uh, but no, it's a, it's a team that is currently here on this list that will play this year. That was my favorite team, and it had to do with one particular player, um, Herschel Walker. Yeah, and he played for the New Jersey Generals. Okay, are they back? Yes. Okay, that's what he was just saying. He said they're yeah whatever. Yeah, the New Jersey. You weren't listening. It's fine. Her, Herschel Walker. He Her- doesn't listen to me sometimes. Who does? <laughs> <laughs> 
But Herschel Walker played for the New Jersey Her- Generals. Yeah, so Herschel Walker was like the first really big time college kid to go to the USFL as an underclassman because at that time underclassmen could not go to the NFL. And so the, the USFL allowed juniors to enter and pay them a, a loads of money, paying them like contracts that, they, that were crazy to NFL. So Herschel Walker went to the New Jersey Generals and then uh, set it on fire. I mean, he's one of the best players in the USFL uh, before uh, they folded and he and he went to the NFL. But I mean, he had a he had a season where he rushed for over two thousand yards uh, for the Generals. Doug Flutie was also the quarterback for the Generals. Flutie and Walker on the same team. Yeah, hot damn. That's pretty impressive. Um, All right, we've got a break coming up. We've got best and worst of the weekend in just a moment. Here's a a news headline for you. Uh, Transfer portal news. Washington State Cougars guard Noah Williams announces that he will transfer to Washington next season. Averaged 9.5 points per game, 3.1 rebounds last season. Felt like you needed to know that. I'm sure not a soul care other than the fact that you just But isn't that crazy? You went from Washington State to Washington. That's crazy. Yeah. That's the transfer portal for you. They don't like each other. That's like uh, that's like Devin Cambridge as opposed to going to Arizona State. Homeboy says, I'm going to go play at Alabama. But he did it. Wasn't like that. Uh, let's take a commercial break. Best and worst of the weekends coming up next. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger along here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show as we get set to do our best and worst of the weekend. Uh, we started today with Luke Fleury, our intern here in the studio, telling us the first baseball game he ever went to was in Toronto. So he's got an affinity for the Blue Jays. We told you that after the first weekend of play, the only team that was still undefeated in baseball was the Tampa Bay Rays, which means the Baltimore Orioles were the only winless team in baseball. That just changed, however. Let's go cartoon birds. As uh, the Baltimore Orioles win their first game of the season and their first home opener since 2018. It had been several seasons since the O's won their first home opener. They defeated the Brewers by a just dazzling score of 2 to nothing. Pretty low-scoring baseball but game. but cannot, uh, Beggars can't be choosers. That's right. All right, so yeah. Braves baseball. Braves take on the Nationals. A little bit later, Waskar Yanoa set to make his 2022 season debut. Uh, the Braves are moving forward with Manny Pena as Yanoa's primary catcher due to uh, the language that they speak and just communication. And then it also lines up in a good situation with uh, Travis Darno getting days off and that sort of thing. Yeah, they really are going to try and start all three catchers at times. Which Contreras started for Kyle Wright a couple it, months ago. Isn't that crazy? Well, give me the 60 seconds on, on Braves and Nationals tonight, Ryan. We don't like them. 
<laughs> Juan Soto good at baseball, though. <laughs> yeah. Get him out. Josh Bell. Good things will fall. There at first. Yeah, Josh Bell. Remember, remember when Pirates fans that year, Josh Bell made the All-Star game, tried to say he was better than Freddie Freeman? Yeah, that, was, that didn't go too well, yeah. did it? Well, the Pirates are usually not very good at identifying talent. Uh, anyway, um, whoa. <laughs> um, Bell's good, though. He is. And the Nationals are trying. Everyone in the East is trying but the Marlins. And, I, you know, well, even they, they signed a couple of people. They signed Solaire, but they're just not going to be on the same level. Got some good pitching. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's so early that uh, no matter what happens, I don't <laughs> – it, uh, it should not be a huge factor later in the season. There were 60 seconds for you. There you yeah, go. I appreciate it. Uh, let's get set to do best and worst of the weekend. Is that okay with you guys? Sure. Are you feeling ready, Next. Ryan? <laughs> yeah. Now. <laughs> best and worst. <laughs> Uh, for those that aren't aware, uh, if you're listening on 95.9 or the Tiger Communications app, maybe you're listening to us on the Sports Call podcast. If you are listening on the podcast, please leave us a five-star written rating and review. It uh, it means a lot. You're mocking me right now. Yes. You ought, you ought to be used to that. <laughs> Here we go. Now, time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. Best and worst of the weekend, Tom PV. What was the worst? Oh, my goodness. My worst would be my pick to win the Masters. I'm trying to pull up exactly. Was it DeChambeau? Yeah, my pick was DeChambeau. Um, yeah, DeChambeau was terrible. He shot 76-80 in his first two rounds. Yeah, boy. Didn't, didn't make the cut. Got beat out by some of the amateurs. Uh, oof. Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to be one of the top it, golfers in the country. It man. happens. I tell Jeez. you what. I mean, you know this, though, Tom, because you follow golf. Tiger Woods spoiled the expectation of everything. Yeah. Because even the best players in the world miss cuts. Brooks Kepka missed the cut. Right. Jordan Spieth missed the cut. Spieth is great at Augusta. Even though he's not been the same golfer the last couple of years, he's great at Augusta. Sure. Um, you know, that's that's just what happens sometimes. You got – I know the Masters field is usually a little smaller. It's around 90 or 100. But you in a typical golf tournament, you got 120 to 130 players – Sometimes it just ain't going to happen, you know, right. and that's what made his dominance so insane. He, and most things, you know, Tiger Woods had a stretch there where he won one out of every four golf tournaments that he entered. Yep. And most sports, well, huh? you know, you win one out of four of something, you're not very good. But in golf, that's insanely good, and no one has ever been able to replicate it, and no one probably ever will. So, yeah. you know, that happens. But DeChambeau, you shot eight over 80 on Friday. And uh, that knocked him out. He finished uh, 12 over for his 36 holes. But, yeah, like you said, uh, among the other players. Not ideal. New, special. Well, and like I said, the, the reason I'm saying it's the worst is because. It was really, really. It wasn't close. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was a guy that I, I picked to win. I completely also forgot that he's been dealing with uh, hip and hand injuries. Um, so that would not have been a good pick. So his dumb. doctors did not want him to play. Yeah, he played was, against doctors. Yeah, orders. it was dumb on me to, to predict that. But uh, among the players who missed the uh, the cut at four over, Zach Johnson was five over. Jordan Spieth was six over. Brooks Kepka was se- uh, six over. I believe he was my pick. Um, Xander Shoffley, another guy yeah. that was uh, highly thought of seven. I'll over. come clean. Jordan Spieth was my pick too. Oh boy, and he did not make uh, the cut. We all did great. None Joe, of us predicted that Scotty Scheffler would nope, win, yeah. even though he's number one in the world uh, now. J- yeah. Justin Rose was eight over, and Gary Woodland was eight over. So those are some of the big time guys that didn't even make the cut. Yeah. However, uh, DeChambeau's was 
even worse. Like I said, shot a 76 on Thursday and an 80 on Friday. Like 12 over. Oof. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, definitely my worst. The Shambos is just funny because he said a couple years ago that he treated Augusta as a par 67. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know what, bud? Uh, no. <laughs> what was your worst of the weekend? Uh, this is uh, might be your worst of the weekend, too. Really tragic this weekend. Dwayne Haskins dying Ooh, yeah. um, in the state of Florida. And, uh, gosh, that, that's just, um, you know, it, or I, you know, he was out doing workouts, um, at least the day before and, you know, trying to get better. Obviously he's had some tough times in his career and no matter what, no matter how, you know, bad you play the game at times or no matter what's expected of you at the end of the day, still a human being, yep. uh, still a very young human being with a lot of life left. 24 and uh very tragic and, and sad to see anyone lose a life that young and you know someone in the public eye like him right too. few weeks shy of 25 but uh, rest in peace Dwayne Haskins the former Ohio State Buckeyes quarterback uh, best and worst of the weekend uh Tom I'm gonna echo sort of what you said there Ryan Tom you got a best of the weekend oh best of the weekend uh I, I guess I'll go with uh I guess I'll go with Auburn baseball getting that series win over Vanderbilt. That's uh, man, huge. This, this team uh, and now three straight series wins. Three straight series wins. Now they are consensus uh, top twenty-five. Um, jump, yeah, jump big time into the polls. I meant to look at that. Did you, did you see what they are in some of those? Are uh, it's uh, like 21, 22 or seventeen in one of them. Okay, good. Uh, good. I think Baseball America had them at seventeen. Uh, yeah, the twenties and another, and I think one of the last was like twenty four. Oh, okay. Um, well, so, that one needs to get. It yeah, it needs to get. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean they're they are now consensus top twenty five team. Uh, Sonny Deshera is just absolutely killing the baseball right now, and he is so impressive to watch. He leads the nation in a lot of different uh, the batting categories. I think it's three. Three of the batting categories: uh, average on base percentage and slugging. Yeah, uh, leads the nation. So he's fun to watch. This team can be a dangerous team if they can kind of keep it going where they're at. I, I would definitely like to see them figure out what what the hell is on Saturdays. Uh, you know, they they got their teeth kicked in against Vanderbilt Saturday, but they've also struggled on those Saturday games. Um, but you're winning the series that you need to win. They're 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 on a roll. I like it. They play at Ole Miss or at, at Mississippi State. This upcoming week, three straight series wins for the Tigers for the first time since 2017. Tomorrow against Sanford. Again, I'll have the television call. It's Bark in the Park night at uh, at Plainsman Park. And Brad Law has already asked on Twitter to help send as many dog-related baseball puns for Andy Burcham to use in the radio broadcast. But I might just steal those for TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, just just, just don't bring up barking tree spiders. <laughs> yeah, I won't do that. I won't do that. I'll steer clear. Well, uh, an easy one is if they miss a ball and strike call. You know, come on, throw us a bone. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Give, give us a call. Throw like us a bone. That. Yeah. Uh, will you tell me your best of the weekend? Yeah, I was trying to contemplate it. I don't have some like significant triumphant best, but. I'll just go with the fact we have Major League Baseball again. Okay. Um, you know, that uh, that was not a given two or three months ago. Uh, there was a, still a lot of bickering, a lot of Rob Manfred being Rob Manfred. Um, you know, players trying to get get more and owners trying to keep more and everybody just trying to take, but take, no take. no lockout. No give. And so 
um you know it did not look great for 162 game season but yet we're 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 doing the thing and so uh uh, kind of alongside of that i kind of ad libbing a little bit too is uh that the braves got their world championship rings and they're mighty special that there's some thought and yeah into that and they're they're damn good so yeah tonight tonight is the replica ring giveaway and they the first forty thousand fans get a replica ring and basically if you go you get it yeah Yeah, they showed they showed the uh line out and it was like good heavens the line already out there yeah i was about to say it only seats like 41 42,000 so it's essentially just like if you go to the game (laughs) you will get it unless you're like the last person in there i wonder if this is the first like championship ring that opens up and has stuff on the inside it seems like all the others have just been a great big huge gaudy sure, ring on right. the outside i've never seen That's one a that good question opens up like a pendant and then has yeah uh, you i'm know, sure it's been rare they've got the the you know the layout of the field and then they've got rubies set uh where all the home runs against houston were hit um they've got the little inlay yeah, on the, that's some the, great the, we, we are we are those uh, Jock Peterson, yeah. yeah, it didn't say that. It just says we are those, and just leaves it. But I was finishing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, it's a quite a thoughtful ring. Uh, by the pearls way, for Jock, and yeah. yeah. By the way, just uh, a few minutes ago, we no longer have any winless teams in Major League Baseballs. The Orioles got their first win, uh, beat the Brewers. <laughs> Yes, Tom! <laughs> you just proved JJ's point. You totally didn't listen to him at all. He just said that 10 when, minutes when ago. When I brought us back from commercial break, I told people I sw- it was their first yep. win since 2018. Check it out on the Sports Call podcast. <laughs> I said it, it was just- their first win since 2018. Yes! Ryan uh, said, Best of the weekend! <laughs> Ryan made the cartoon bird joke. Uh huh. And you didn't. I think I was busy <laughs> looking at Bryson DeChambeau's stuff on here. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Uh, stupid criminal of the week. Will you listen to this? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Here we go. So, what? Uh, the police. In Elkert County, Indiana, tried to pull over a 25-year-old guy named Musada Hussein uh, from Minneapolis on Wednesday night when they spotted him in his red Ford Mustang doing 120 miles an hour in a 70-mile-an-hour zone, 50 over the speed limit. The driver kept going, and all of a sudden, police were in for a 25-mile chase down with the cops before he finally was able to be stopped and his excuse was that he thought the cops wanted to drag race for 25 miles he was arrested on several charges <laughs> including reckless driving and resisting arrest that that's often what i think is you know if someone's <laughs> lights are behind me if uh yeah someone robs a bank and the police show up oh you want to rob it with me <laughs> did you hear my stupid criminal of the week i did okay any commentary i've got one too okay i'd love to hear it this is in florida okay i thought he was just gonna repeat what you said (laughs) (laughs) i thought he was just gonna joke and be like yeah there's this driver got 120 Uh, and i know uh st petersburg woman accused of using cat to batter girlfriend oh yeah that's a a cat as a weapon yeah they can be weapons actually i I actually saw this when it first happened but uh, a st petersburg woman was arrested for domestic battery after she allegedly scratched her girlfriend in the face with the couple's cat (laughs) Uh, police said things escalated after susan frudenthal 53 and her girlfriend got into an argument at a home in largo 
According well, to the report, I know where Largo is. Yeah, according to the report, Frudenthal then took their cat, held it up to her girlfriend's face, swore on the animal's life that she was not cheating. <laughs> the animal's in distress and scratched the girlfriend in the affidavit. The woman had multiple lacerations on her face. Uh, police went to the home and arrested Frudenthal for domestic battery. So, <sighs> Wow. You know what, though? I Like I said back a moment ago, you can definitely use a cat as a weapon. And where I would go with that is not for any physical harm, per se, but if you were just to place a cat in the same room as J.J. Jackson, approximately 37 sneezes would ensue. So uh, yeah. if you ever need J.J. to just, like, unbelievably allergic and just unbelievably be shut down, put a cat near him. That'll do the job. That'll do the job. In fact, just talking about it <laughs> yeah. for a long enough time would get him going. I yeah. Think. I, uh, so I'll stop we, now. Well, yeah, I yeah, appreciate yeah. that. Let's do this TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Our Nightly TV Guide brought to you by our friends over at Coca-Cola. Here's what's coming up tonight on ESPN, 6 o'clock, the WNBA Draft. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom at 6 on FX. At 6 o'clock on the Golf Channel, the West Intercollegiate Golf Tournament. Uh, Major League Baseball tonight. The Washington Nationals and Atlanta Braves on 620. Valley Sports Southeast. And then a movie pick this evening as well. In addition to Jurassic World, which is our nightly TV guide staple. A movie that Ryan Lavoie is uh, appreciative of. Our good buddy, Will Smith, starring in Men in Black International, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on Freeform. Awkward. He's not in that movie. Is he not in that movie? Nope, sure he's not. He's in Men in Black 1, 2, and 3. But it might be, Men in Black might International, International is, is a Hemsworth. Yeah. It's the fourth one. It doesn't have Tommy <laughs> Don't Lee ever Jones listen to any movie thing that JJ says ever. You're better it, off At for least it. you knew he was in the franchise. Yeah. So, so now you wonder why I miss out on things. <laughs> I said movie related. Hey, did y'all hear Men in Black International is going to be on TV tonight at 730 Central? I also heard this story about a guy that got in a car chase with the police and tried to drag race the police officers. going, like 120 or something? Yeah, 120. Wow. Drag race the police officers. Thank you for being here. Always enjoy it. Uh, Ryan, thanks for stopping by. Even when I don't pay attention to you. (laughs) That does it for today's show. Thanks to Cole Kublik for being on the program. This is Sports Call. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.